is good to be a gangster. Alright, going in in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Oh, damn it. You know what? That's probably a little too close to the microphone. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Headlong into Monsters, the ADHD of horror movie podcasts. We are your deadly duo of elderly emos. I am Ragul, coming at you from beautiful Tooele, Utah. And with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host from down in Arkansas way, Barely Ashley. Ashley, how the hell are you? I'm doing good today. This episode's been pushed back twice, thrice thrice now, So I've had some hospital situations occur. Yeah, but we're glad, one, that you're not dead, and two, that you're feeling good, because we're definitely going to change that. Yes, you are. (laughs) Yes, you are. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation. But on this podcast, we talk about horror movies and horror happenings. This is a spoiler podcast, and we do spoil everything about the movies we cover. So with that in mind, we advise you listen at your own risk if you don't want to be spoiled. So don't trust your teacher when they invite you into their back room, and don't eat the burgers, and join us as we dive headlong into monsters. This is episode 43, and today we'll be covering the Ebola Syndrome, the Butcher, and Organ as part of my birthday's celebra- celebratory dive into extreme horror. But before we get into that, Ashley, would you care to introduce our guest for the episode? Sure. So we have two guests because I'm not going to be of any help or any resource during this discussion. <laughs> so we have returning guest, uh, Bill the Butcher Van Vagel, and you'll know him from Land of the Creeps or Phantom Galaxy or any number of podcasts that he's doing at the current time. So welcome, Bill. Thank you very much. I have been on before, but it's always great to reconnect with two great people and to pop the cherry of a new guest. <laughs> oh, we're gonna be popping that cherry, baby. <laughs> I, and I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave the lube up to you, Raul. So cool. to me, this is the worst episode to like be a first time guest on, but maybe he disagrees <laughs> because he seemed really excited about it. So this is someone that I actually met through listening to this podcast. Um and it's their first time here, so welcome, Anthony R. Do you have a horror moniker? Or are you just I, like Anthony R? I don't. I don't. Um, you know, I'm open to, to to getting one, but for now, you know, Anthony R is fine. Okay. So welcome for this really Thank bad you. Thank episode. You. No. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure. Um, you know, my first time, I'm, I'm feeling vulnerable, but also very excited, so I'm going to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> put myself in your hands do with me uh as you please you know well anthony we'll we will try to be as gentle as we can while discussing the topic of extreme horror there will be blood <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> what's, what, I was I gonna say, what, what's that acdc song if you want blood you got it <laughs> this is it you got it <laughs> that's right i don't I don't, I don't know if Ashley's like nervous smiling or grimacing at us, but she was doing one of the two. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. I can't wait. My stomach is turning already. Oh, that Good. sucks. <laughs> Good. I'm <laughs> <coughs> sorry, listeners. Uh, well, before we get into everything, uh, Ashley, you got some listener feedback for us? 
Yeah, it's a little scattered because it's all over the place. But Awesome. Well, let's get into some listener feedback. Listener feedback. All right. So you did an episode called Trailblazing Terror Episode 1 with Grayson Siebert. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Uh, and you just had a, some feedback and... Will Armorfoe said that was a great interview role. I'm going to be honest, I haven't gotten to listen to it yet because I'm a piece of shit. No, I you were recently dying for a long period of yeah. time, so I, I, I accept your apology. I'm, so I'm heading to Joe Bob's Jamboree next week, and I'll be on a plane, and I will be catching up on some podcasts, including my own. Uh <laughs> So Horrorfan Ryan says, few are better at interviews than you guys and the Monsters in the Mosh Pit crew. So that was nice. Huge compliment. Thank you, homie. And Greg Bazzelli says, already listened. Great job with the format. So thank you, uh, Grave. Yeah, uh, Grave, thank you very much. Uh, he was one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this because he has his own section where he interviews people called the Sanguine Records. Uh, and it was very inspirational as to what I wanted to do. Uh, I'm really glad people liked it because I have another interview coming out that I'll be recording today uh, with the writer-director of Final Summer. And I'm really looking forward to that. So you know, keep, a, keep an ear out for that. I really want to see that film after seeing that poster again yeah <laughs> uh, mike miller said i can't wait to hear this and if you need new intro music for this segment let me know bro he's our mastermind behind our listener feedback and horror happenings uh kind of like grungy punk rock diy sound we got going on mm -hmm. so yeah and then we also had two episodes drop at the same time. So let's see. We had one <laughs> where we finished our Hellraiser coverage. And horror fan boy Brian, Brian Scott, said, Been loving the episodes with Greg Bazzilli as a guest. Finally caught up on the last one. Great stuff. And once again, I was called out because my house is on 64 degrees by Trey Whetstone. It's still on 64 degrees right now. And then <laughs> Dave said, thank you for putting up with me. And I said that we stand. Shut the fuck up, Dave, on this podcast. And then Greg Bazzelli said that we can have him. And you know what? I would take Dave. But anyway. Uh, I said, you're willing to give up the man who brought us such delights as Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> Greg said he is quick of wit, but slow of sense. So even though Dave is not on this episode, he's still getting roasted. That sounds about right. <laughs> How does he not have a complex? Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> because Because he knows that despite us roasting him and constantly giving... Him more shit than uh, I don't know than Greek stables. Um, we 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 do earnestly love him and appreciate the hell out of him, and he's a really good guy to talk to. Uh, it's 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 more of a bit. 
Yeah, oh, I, I know. And the thing is, it's a thing, you, you know, you bug your own brother, but he's your blood and you'll back him. It's the same kind of thing. Oh, hell yeah. If I see, if I hear other people give him shit, I'm like, hey, nah, dog, uh-uh. Mm-mm. You but have it's fine, it's fine, right. it's fine for me to make fun of him, but it ain't going to be you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely. We love I've... you, Dave. Yeah, but shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> John Gantu said, just finished the episode and need to answer the most important question is, I agree with Greg. When it comes to Mario Kart 8, I go with Link and I use either Master Cycle or the Master Cycle Zero. Well, John, you're wrong about that. You should be using Yoshi. So, that's my final word on that Mario Kart situation. (laughs) And then... We had our Jeffrey Combs, the work of Jeffrey Combs, part one. (laughs) And John Cantu also said, people never walk up to me at work when you're talking about science of thunder and lightning. However, they do walk up when you're talking about whether or not the freak has a penis to go with those balls. (laughs) On the right side, it does make the conversation shorter. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I agree that Jeffrey Combs doesn't make the movies. I think he makes them better with his memorable characters. He's right up there with Bruce Campbell, Ted Raimi, Brad Dorff, or Tony Todd for me. They may not always be in the best movies, but they're always a fan of... I'm always a fan of their characters. (laughs) I I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. And Armorfo said for that episode, always love when Jessica's on. She's one of my favorite people. And Trey Whetstone said, just started listening to this. And wow, what an honor to be called out by Jess and Raul. Also, it's cool to know that you're playing Dying Light too. I enjoyed that one, even though it did go a little long. Oh, it's so damn long. Oh, my gosh. How, how, long, was, how, how long was it? I'm still playing it. I've been in two two hundred <laughs> hours deep into this game, and it's still going. Well, hopefully, you win. I also have feedback from Anthony Arms on this episode. So, oh, hey, there you go. Get, you get to uh, edit your own uh, commentary. In, in my yeah. in my defense, I didn't real I didn't intend it to be you know on the episode that I was going to be on. You know, just I didn't uh, like a bunch of episodes dropped at once. But. Yes, it just fell this way. So now you have to endure listening to it back at you. Oh, so <laughs> like fourth wall. You said, hey, Roll and Ashley, finally caught up on the episode. So I wanted to reach out and give some proper feedback. I started going through all the episodes from the beginning in May. And I can honestly say this is the moistest summer of my adult life. Nice. Now that I have listened to all the episodes, I feel I'm ready to send in my dick pic. Please find it attached to this email. And oh, it no. was a picture of Dick Tracy, right? It was. It was a picture. <laughs> <laughs> that is some good feedback. Even all though true. you just made me say moist, which I hate. It's all That's true. That's the feedback I have. And thank you for going back and listening to all of them. That's insane. It was it was epic. It started in uh it was around like May. But it was definitely great that cross country driving, um, you know, have you guys there in my <laughs> ear. It was like we were riding with you. I know. It was kind of it was a good trip, wasn't it? Yeah. 
that was a fun trip. I had fun. I I especially had a lot of fun with that actual lunch we shared uh, when when I got to meet Anthony in person. That was really really cool. And Anthony, I'm so glad you reached out and we we got to do that because honestly, one of the highlights of my summer, man. No, that was great. Thanks so much for like coming up to uh, Salt Lake. That was like a huge part of my trip. It was a lot of fun. I mean, literally, literally the least that I could do because <laughs> you're, you're driving all like cross country, man. I'm not saying you're driving to see me, but you know, mm-hmm. make, make time to stop in a Utah and hang out and whatnot. Of course I was just I'm like, yeah, let's go hang out. Yeah. And, and Salt Lake city has sushi. <laughs> you Ashley, you don't like sushi? Mm-mm. I'm not a sushi guy either. I do not like it. I just recently had a work function and everyone like made me go out to this sushi restaurant and I still feel sick from the smell. Just bleh, so gross. So the only thing I don't like is I'm not a fan of mayonnaise and they always put that sauce on top with the fish row just uh, but, but if you go if you if i go to a sushi restaurant there's always teriyaki there and you can always they did not have tempura or tempura or something this place was literally straight up sushi see i love sushi i love the rice i love the sauce i love the like the eel rolls with like that oily eel meat in there my goodness i love uh what's the ones the the <laughs> Not so much the rolls, but like the pieces of sushi that just have like the salmon draped over it, and you get that big bite of salmon. Oh my goodness! It's Raul, so good. Raul likes meat in his mouth that's slick. <laughs> oh baby, you have no idea. Well, I'm making <laughs> Ashley gag. I'm actually gagging. <laughs> my eyes are watering. <laughs> and and Anthony, real quick, I did not respond to that email when you sent it, but that's because I wanted to respond to it. Um, you know, live. So, uh, uh, thank you for that feedback. I'm, I'm honestly thrilled that people like you find the podcast and give it a listen to, and, and we can, you know, connect through it that way. And, and honestly, dude, I consider you a friend and I wouldn't have this, you as a friend without the podcast. And, And I think that's amazing. So thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us. And, and I'm really excited to, you know, know that you exist <laughs> yeah. yeah no same uh same here like it's such a it's such a weird thing for me too because uh in a, in a great way because I, I don't have like online friends i don't think i've ever like i don't like connect with people that i don't already know but like with podcasts when you have someone in your ear for so long and then you kind of connect with them online and so it's it was, a, it was wild absolutely um ashley was that do you do you have more listener feedback or is that it? That's all I have. All right. Well, then let's move on to some horror happenings. Horror happenings. All right. So who wants to get us started? Uh, Bill, let's have Ashley go first. <laughs> so what the fuck are you telling me? <laughs> <laughs> happenings have been two hospital visits within three weeks one for my daughter who decided hey 
that knife drawer that I t- was have been told consistently since I was fucking old enough to know what words are to not get in that drawer was like I'm gonna get in that drawer and I'm gonna cut a pop socket off of my phone case because I can't get it to come off and she sliced her thumb almost down to the bone so I had to rush her to the ER she got four stitches they're out now but you know most of you will know that that kid does not listen so now she's learned her little lesson about knives and yeah it's probably going to cost me thousands of dollars but the, the very next week I got put in the hospital for hyperglycemia so I haven't been doing anything much other than taking care of her taking care of me sleeping and I did manage to get in a viewing of cobweb really Ashley of, of, of all things really what cobweb I just wanted to see it everyone was talking about it is it streaming anywhere? Or did you have to rent it? I had to buy it. Okay. It wasn't that much on Voodoo, but it was a pretty good movie. For what it, I it's saw, on, it, it's on it. From what you okay, it's on it's on my to watch list. I, I I I have high hopes for it, which is kind of why I haven't watched it yet. But it's on my to watch list. I mean, there's always movies on in the background for me. And it's always going to be like Chud 2, Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead 2. Like when I was going through all this, the little co- the comfort movies are always going to be playing in the background. But like of anything new of interest, I watched Cobweb. <laughs> well, hallelujah. And these movies sort of. We'll get into that. <laughs> Terrible. I can't wait for this deep insight you're going to give us. Me <laughs> either. Um, Bill, let's have Anthony go next. <laughs> Fuck off. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, I've um, one thing. One thing I watched was I watched uh, rewatch Shivers, uh, David Cronenberg. So the closest oh. thing I have to a podcast is I do this like film club with a few friends where we gather once a week, we have a theme for the month and I have October. So I'm doing Cronenberg and yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. So that's, that's I, I love shivers shivers. The, the original film shot in the uh, apartment complex in Montreal on the Island. And oh, it's fantastic. Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, uh, oh, Lynn, Lynn Lowry. Yeah. Classic, classic early Cronenberg. And uh, 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 Barbara Steele. Fantastic. I love yeah. that film. In the it's old, been so long since I've seen it, but yeah. It's got the like the little parasite turd thingy on a on a on a string that they're like pulling <laughs> around the whole time. And, and what's weird is it, it mixes body horror with like social commentary and eroticism and cultures and society. And some guy will be making out with a woman they're hot and heavy, and then something will come out of his mouth. It's just like right, it, right. Just like any like Cronenberg, it goes deep. But then yeah. you got that that super gore moment. Yep. 
I also watched the movie. Came out as a movie. Came out like 2021. It's a little little obscure one or something. I, I'm gonna like. I thought it would be interesting if I just like read the IMD synopsis and see if anyone has seen it. Um, strange things are happening in Druid Hills, Kentucky, known mainly for its voluptuous corn output. Victims of monsters in cornfields begin cropping up, and witnesses are saying that there are arg great white sharks swimming in the corn stalks. <laughs> so that is, I, there are like two things I have. <laughs> Raul is dying right now. You can't see it, but he has his hand over his face. Like why? But I have collected another victim in my sharks of the corn. I had to, you, you know, I felt like I had, it's one of the things I had to do. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, what did you think of the movie? I, you know, it was a movie. Uh, <laughs> it sure was. It, uh, 100, you know, in all honesty, I didn't finish it. You know, I, I was, I, I was entertained by it. Uh, it was, it was pretty hilarious. It's, I mean, from the, from the get-go, you know, the guys like <laughs> pounding a handle of vodka on a date in a cornfield, and then <laughs> that guy who played the shark, like he was pretty great. He was like a. He was like a um a kind of a, like a psychotic Andy Richter. He reminded me of. He was, uh, <laughs> he was pretty hilarious. I, so I, I was into it. I just didn't finish it. You didn't finish it. I did. I will finish it. I I, I didn't finish yeah. it. Came down to watching. Uh, I was something else or that. I was like, oh, I'll just I'll do the other thing. Yeah, you you could do literally any other thing and have a better time. <laughs> It was fun though. It was like in the in the so bad it's good for me. Now, uh, uh, Raul and Ashley, that's an episode you have to do. A so bad it's good episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down for that because you know there's definitely the so bad it's good. Um, but for me, Sharks of the Corn, so bad it's good. That that spectrum is not like a dial. It's no. it's just a circle. You know, it, you, you, it, it doesn't become so bad it's bad. Yeah, it's it just it strikes of the corn spins so many times around that freaking circle that it it just lands on bad again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it pulls a, a a Bob Barker spin all the way around the wheel. Yeah, it's a fine line. But beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I'd, I'd say watch the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of Sharks of the Corn. You get some, uh, you know, uh, thick girl and panties and tig old bitties. And, and then the rest of the movies, it, 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 it happens. But yeah, I'd say this, just the first 10, 15 minutes is the only part you really need. Is there, I, I, is there any dong involved? No. No. Unfortunately. No. There, there was the... Um, there was a scene where there was like a, supposed to be a body in a back seat, but it was just like a plastic body parts with no blood in like a <laughs> clean, very clean new car. Yeah, yeah it was. It, <laughs> it's yeah. it's not good. And the whole thing with I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> anyway, uh, was that was that uh, uh, the rest of your horror happenings or did you have else to share? 
I, I have a, um, are we going to be going into Raul's reprehensible reading room? Cause I have something for that or should I hold on? Oh yeah. No, we, yeah, we, we're, we're going to go into it. We're going okay. to go into oh, it. Then, I, then I'm, I'm done for now. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Bill, what, uh, what do you have? <laughs> well, in the last, I don't know, two, three weeks, I have watched, uh, the three movies for this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I was on Hugh Lloyd's Undead Wookiee, so I did uh, five movies on the British Video Nasty list. I watched all six Screams. I did two movies for Joel Robertson and Peter and Daryl for their Spooky Flick Fest that I had to um, review for uh, LOTC and Phantom Galaxy. I also, for the first time, also got the chance to see Cobweb. Uh, I hadn't seen it and everybody talked about it. So I finally got to see that. I finally got to see Renfield. I hadn't seen that before, but the one I want to talk about is one of the video nasties. I don't know if any of you guys have seen somehow I doubt it is, uh, do you guys know the video nasties from Britain from the early to mid eighties videos? They couldn't sell. Absolutely. Uh, I, I watched uh, one of my favorites on that list is the beast in heat. Oh my gosh! Okay, someone just gifted me that movie, and I haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah, I have it. Let's just say, there's a scene involving the eating of female pubic hair. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's one of those Nazi exploitation films where there's always that you know the BDSM commandant female that inspects the prisoners, but they also have a whole storyline about. Uh, uh, insurgency of the population against the Germans. Like it's almost a dichotomy of films between they're trying to do a legit film and then they're just doing tits, ass and blood. It's got a bit of both. Oh, and plenty of penis, plenty of penis. You know what? And that's what I, I was recently sent this movie in the mail as a birthday present as an early birthday present. Um, And yeah, um, I don't want to say who it was from, but they they just uh, they said uh, enjoy the tits and dicks. <laughs> but there's also a scene like if you've watched those Nazi exploitation films, there's always you know torture. Well, feign torture. There's one scene where there's a, a naked woman laying on a bed or on a bed on a table, and they've got like a steel cage over her stomach, and then they have the rats eating away her innards on the inside of the. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. You, you will enjoy it, so you'll get a big fucking boner watching this one. There's no doubt about it. Ooh, baby. <laughs> oh, and the cobweb, I thought it was all right. Uh, I didn't... Some people are hailing it as the, you know, the movie of the year. I didn't mind it. I have to... I've only seen, because of all the things I do, maybe 40 movies from 2023. So I'm going to have to see where it lies up, you know, in early January. But uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it, I don't think it was like the best of the year for sure. No, but I've—I mean, I've—I've I've talked with a, a bunch of people, you know, Dave and Greg and Nathan and things. Twenty twenty three is not lining up as a strong year compared to the last five. So things that might be in my top ten list this year might not have made my top fifteen last year. I'm gonna—I'm gonna kind of agree with you on that one. I well, then again, I haven't really been keeping up on a bunch of uh, releases this year. But the the ones that I have seen, I've only really been wooed by maybe three or four of them. Um, so it's going to be really hard to, I guess, not make my top 10. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, if you've only watched 12, 10 of them are going to make it, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of felt that way too. I'm really, I'm really behind too, but it, it does seem like it's not like a super strong year. I've only, I've had a couple. I really liked um, Talk to Me. That's kind of like top for me. I so still far. need to see that. Oh, one other film yeah, I saw too. recently for the first time. I wonder if any of you guys have seen. Everybody talks about there's a certain point where Nicolas Cage, you know, kind of just goes over the top. I recently saw 1989's uh, Vampire's Kiss. Has anybody uh, seen that? Film? Yeah, that's a wild one. Yeah, I hadn't seen it before, and it's it's on Tubi. So I was like, okay, I'll t- what a what a I wouldn't call it horror, but he does play an over the top Dracula or vampire. I guess vampire night or or did he or is he or is yeah? He? I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's not, but he thinks he is, and that's what makes it hilarious. <laughs> Anybody that's not seen Vampire's Kiss, there's a three or four minute scene in his apartment that if you want, if you think he's over the top in the Wicker Man remake, you watch this three or four minutes in uh, Vampire's Kiss. It is, it is absolutely beautiful. But I, I do have to defend that that Wicker Man remake because it's just him just punching women and going, "You bitches, you bitches." <laughs> <laughs> the bees, the bees. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, Bill, is that all you had for horror happenings? Uh, pretty much. Uh, I'm Right now, uh, we just recorded our review on Land of the Creeps of the Scream franchise. So that'll be a nice... Uh, for people that listen to Land of the Creeps and like the long episodes, again, this will be another five-hour episode. Nice. And now I'm starting to scrape into 1989. So I anticipate a call from you and Ashley for your favorite films of 1989. Hmm. Yes. I wonder what mine will be. Uh, Any guesses? Oh, I I think I know what it is. Uh, No, I got nothing. Wow. (coughs) What's not Return of the Living Dead 2? That was 88. 1989, we were introduced to... Such tiny terrors as oh shit, yeah, tiny terror. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Puppet yeah. master. That's right. I well, here's the thing. I can never remember when that released. So yeah, but no, absolutely. <laughs> That'll probably make my list too. Honestly, I always yeah. forget every every time. I was like, oh, that movie. I forgot about that movie. Or Puppet Master. Well, I, I like Paul Lamatt as an actor. I really like what he brings to the table. And for him to yeah. do a film like this, it's maybe a little outside of his normal zone, but uh, I think he brings what he brings, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, uh, well, hold on. We we did an episode of Puppet Master, so I don't want to get too into it, but I really love the, the movement of the puppets. Like, all of them are very unique and whatnot. So yeah. I, I do earnestly love that franchise. Uh, I mean, at, at a certain point... Uh, it almost goes in a leprechaunish <coughs> route, but I find them more fun than the leprechaun films. Oh, same. Although I do find the leprechaun films fun, but not consistently fun. Anyway, um, we, we, we've uh, just like this podcast, the ADHD has gotten us off track. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, my horror happenings is last night. Um, 
I got to pick the movie for family movie night and I picked killer clowns from outer space. Um, nice. Now, yeah. 88 baby. My number one of 88. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Bill freaking. Yes. Um, now my son, he's seven years old and throughout all of it, I was like, you, you liking this Dom? How you doing? And he's like, this is good. I like it. Nice. Uh, I think he was a little confused just because we we just got done watching all the alien movies and uh, he had a little bit of a hard time with the gore and alien covenant. But in this movie, there's very little gore. It's a lot of slapstick funny. And there's moments where I'm just laughing at the screen. Yeah. And I think Dominic was just kind of taking, you know, my kind of following in suit because he starts laughing. Uh, but there's also some earnestly creepy moments. Like he was kind of like squirming a little bit during the puppet scene uh, where, where officer Mooney is turned into a puppet. He gets that fisting, you know? And yeah, um, yeah but I, I think the, the mix of like spooky, silly, scary was very, a little like confusing for him. Uh, but I think he generally liked the movie. So that's always awesome. Um, did he like the hanging scrotums? Uh, he he doesn't know what scrotums are, but he's like, that's not. Why would they dry cotton candy? Because he's seen how cotton candy's made. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, I, I'd hope. I'd hope. I'm sorry. I'd, I'd hope he knows what scrotums are. Well, he knows what balls are, but he doesn't know scrotum. <laughs> doesn't know that word. What were you saying, Anthony? Um, I was wondering if he appreciated the popcorn gun. <laughs> he did he's like why popcorn and then when they they start like squirming on the on the bathroom floor he's like oh that's why popcorn <laughs> he thought it was pretty funny uh, uh the the t-rex shadow puppet I, I think he really enjoyed um the john vernon is great i love john vernon just about anything. oh absolutely and then there was this uh there's this, uh, along with horror happenings, not so much horror for us, but kind of horror for like people like Ashley. Um, we, uh, Dominic and I absolutely love spiders. If we see spiders in the garden or whatever, we like try to catch and pick them up and they'll like crawl all over us and whatnot. We'll go show, oh we'll go show Morgan. We'll show each other and then we'll like hold the spider and then we'll send it back into the garden. It's great. Well, above our front door, we found this orb weaver that's a that's bigger than the last little section of of my of my thumb. It is a huge orb weaver. It's absolutely beautiful. It has a, like a beautiful kind of palish orange color. And we didn't know what to do with them because it's going to it's going to start getting cold. Orb weavers usually no, they don't like the cold. They they kind of tend to die out in the fall around our area so uh we're like um let's build them a habitat so we actually went to go get like a little plastic enclosure uh we built them a habitat we've got um some stuff um and dominic now has a pet orb weaver that he keeps in his bedroom and we named her orby and she's adorable uh, we, we feed her mealworms and box elder bugs, and she is the cutest little orb weaver. Uh, and now we're talking about, oh, maybe we should get like a tarantula or a scorpion or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, just kind of getting an orb weaver just kind of opened up a couple of possibilities as far as exotic pets go. But yeah, it's it's been an adventure. And Morgan's like, uh, I don't want anything to do with this spider. I'll, I'll, I'll go buy mealworms every now and then, but don't ask me to clean the cage. Don't ask me to feed her. Don't ask me to do any of this stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. Well, we, we, we got this, right, Dominic? And he's like, yeah. So... It's been fun. Orb weavers aren't that bad. Like, they don't scare me as bad. Uh, I don't like brown recluse, and I don't... Like, even the wolf spiders are good. the good spider. I don't fucking like them. I fucking don't want them near me. I hate them. They are very fast. We picked up so many no. wolf spiders yesterday, just hanging out in the garden, doing some yard work. Um, I don't like brown recluses either i'm not going to pick those up but orb weavers are they're slow they're methodical they're so so beautiful um but that that's kind of all i have i I mean still playing through dying light too holy moses is that thing long um let's see i guess now we can move on to raul's reprehensible reading room or something so the, I, I am in talks with Mike Miller about making some audio for this little in, uh, this little thing, um, but I haven't quite gotten that dialed in yet. I know Mike's working on it. No rush, Mike. I know you're listening. I love you, dog. Um, but we'll, eventually we'll have some audio to go in here. But for now, we can dive into Raul's reprehensible reading room. Uh, Anthony, you said you had something to share? Yeah, so there were there were two things I wanted to do before I came on. One was to watch Sharks the Corn, and the other one was to read the slob. <laughs> read the slob. That I finished. That was uh that was that was some uh that was some some gruesome uh visual poetry there. Uh how do you feel about vacuum cleaners generally now? Uh, you know, um I, try, I don't go near them in general, before or after, um, <laughs> and that and um, and weights. I'll think it maybe differently about like weights. What he did with the weight, the dumbbell, uh, was, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty vicious. Yeah, concaving that particular part of anatomy was yeah. horrifying. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was brutal. And I, I also appreciated at the end how there was a little story as to why everything was going on. Like why, this yes. still, or not why he was doing it, but people were kind of benefiting from it in that weird way. Yeah. Why, why, why it was being done. Right. 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 Uh, now a lot of people have a problem with that part. They claim it's incredibly uh, racist and homophobic uh, to which I say, I mean, yes, it can be viewed that way. However, um, this is not a book that respects people. And that's not really the point. The point is to shock and offend and stuff like that. So it kind of comes off of the same nature as just extreme horror. So it's not, it's meant to make you feel like vile. So, I mean, I, 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 I've, I've had conversations with uh, Aaron Beauregard and he's not that kind of person at all. You know, he always states that, these are characters in a book and he writes them to be despicable, reprehensible characters. So the fact that people hate them so much, I mean, he, that he, he kind of nailed it, I think, you know? Yeah. And to be offended to buy that it's of all the stuff that happens in that book. 
you know, to that, to that woman, it seems like, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. a little, a little much. They can choose, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but are, are you intrigued? Do you think you'll continue down uh, explorational paths of splatterpunk and extreme horror? Yeah, um, it was, I, possibly. So I've read, um, I was like a big Clive Barker fan, always been. And uh, that's kind of, I guess, start with like Stephen King and stuff. And then Jack Ketchum, I've read a few of his books. So this yeah. is kind of, um, there we go. The Lost, yeah. The Lost, I've read that one. I've read, um, what was the, was it Offspring? Offspring's a good one. Man. That's a great, that was great, yeah. So yeah, I, um, I don't, I, it's, I don't, I uh, don't have a lot of time to read for pleasure or maybe I don't make enough time for it, but, um, yeah, if I do, I'll get a, dig up something uh, juicy, go back into the archives. I'll, I'll hit you up for a recommendation. Uh, please, please do, man, because I got some recommendations if, and, uh, depending on how much time you read, I can recommend you some specific titles that you could probably get done in, I don't know, an afternoon or something. Yeah, it wasn't a, a, a it wasn't like a super long read. Like I've I read like sometimes I read a lot of like epic fantasy, and it takes like months for me to get through a book. And this was like, oh yeah, I can just like blast through this horrific gruesomeness in a in like a few days. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a there's a book called No One Rides for Free that uh, by or by author Judith Sonne, uh recommended to me by Kevin Patterson, and that is. A horrifying read, absolutely brutal, unrelenting, unforgiving, and it's less than 200 pages long. It's super brief, super short, but my gosh, the amount of violence and absolute reprehensible ooey-gooeyness that you get in that one is top shelf. My gosh. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. That to, uh, Check that out. It's like scratching an itch, right? It's like just like yeah. with these movies, you know, it kind of. You got that horrific gooey itch that you need to scratch. Oh, don't you ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so as far as uh, my contribution to Raul's reprehensible reading room or something, um, I did finish uh, this book called Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke by Eric LaRocca. And it, I hope I'm saying that right. LaRocca? LaRocca? Either way. Um and it's a collection of short stories. The, the entire book is not incredibly violent. There are some, it delves into the extreme and the horrifying, but it's more the concepts of the book and what people are willing to do mentally. It's more of like a, like a mental horror um, is, is that stuff is absolutely despicable. Um, this one in one of the stories, um, uh, these two women are having uh, an online interaction and one of them becomes codependent on the other and the one and the other uh, just kind of wants to see what she can make the other person do just, just for kicks and giggles. And she makes her do some absolutely terrible things. And then when she actually goes too far, she kind of cuts ties and the codependent one is now absolutely shattered. And it's, 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 really messed up um there's a there's another one about loss and uh parents kind of dealing with the loss of a child and how 
Uh, it can drive people to extreme measures, especially when one is handling it significantly worse than the other. Um, overall, I felt like this was a really good book, but uh, didn't really quite scratch that extreme itch that I that we were talking about, Anthony. Um, good read. I, I really recommend it. It's emotional. It's thought-provoking. Um, it just could have been a little bit more violent, in my opinion. I am reading this thing that I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about. Um, an author reached out to me and asked me to kind of proofread and help give some feedback on a collection of short stories that they are uh, going to be putting out hopefully by early October. And I am very, very nearly done with that. But as of right now, I'm not, a, I, I don't believe I can talk about that. Um, but once I, I can talk about it, I will promote it because I'm really enjoying the book, although it's also not as extreme horror as my usual reads. But once I can talk about it, I'll, I'll promote the hell out of it because I'm really, really, really liking it. So that's, that's kind of all I got for the reading corner, reading room. Look at you. Not only do you get movie advances, you get book advances. Holy cow. Well, when you talk about books a lot, people are like, hey, read my shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the case of because of all the different podcasts and the movies that I got to watch and the stuff with school and work and family, I, get, I basically can only read in the summer. So I give myself the summer. I read my two to three novels while I'm camping, and then I shut my reading brain down unless it's academia. Oh, that, that would drive me insane. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, well, between that and I watch too much sports. And uh, lately, I'm a Toronto Blue Jays fan, and they finally made the playoffs yesterday. But uh, they, they've been on a roller coaster all year, and you got to keep watching the bloody things. Go Blue Jays. Go Blue Jays. Are you a baseball fan, Ro? Fuck no, I don't even like sports. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> so your 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 reading is my sports. There you go. There you go. If it's important, you find the time, right, Bill? You you, you squeeze it in. You, you, I remember, you know, there, there, there was a time where we were trying to conceive our daughter, and at a certain point, we had to do things uh, in a scheduled time. And I had, honey, let's wait until after overtime, please. What was what was that, Anthony? Oh, just saying, it's the ninth inning. You know, the game's almost over. A sports reference. Get get started without me. I'll be there in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know when the bases are loaded. Anyway. All right. So with that out of the way, we can dive into our reviews for the episode. Now, I think... Let's see what uh, what order. My gosh, this is the third time I've had this pop up. Just shoot up, and I can't still find a way to get rid of it. But Are we still dealing with that one? Oh my gosh, it's driving me up the freaking wall. Like it appears for five for for fifteen minutes, it goes away for fifteen minutes, and it's just pissing me the hell off. Um, but uh, I propose that we do Oregon, and then Ebola syndrome, and then the butcher. Sure. Um. And every time Ashley gets her comments first. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Anthony, you picked Oregon. 
So did. would you mind giving us the uh, the review or not the review, the synopses or synopsizing the film? I will synopsize it. I actually wrote my own. I figured since it like, you know, this is my pick. Uh, I wrote my own synopsis. Uh, it is two undercover cops get in over their heads as they try and infiltrate an underground human organ trafficking ring. Mayhem ensues as a brother and sister duo who run the operation are forced to confront the Yakuza, the twin brother of one of the cops, a gooey bodily protrusion, and the demons of their own haunted past. In the meantime, no one knows what's going on. So it, I, that was my attempt at what happened in that movie. If that makes sense. I, I mean, that. Yeah, no, that that makes about as much sense as what I saw because this movie was freaking everywhere. I, I kept repeating in my notes, all over the place, all over the place. <laughs> it's all over the place. There's a lot happening. My notes are, and I quote, "I turned this off." Oh, so this okay, Ashley. This is one of the ones that you didn't finish. Yeah, I got to the point where someone is working their way out of some type of, like, womb organ situation. And I was like, I'm done with this, and I'm not watching this further. Thank you. Okay, Ashley, how dare you? Here here Anthony is, watching your god-awful <laughs> piece of shit, Sharks <laughs> of the Corn, and you can't... No. You can't but that wasn't even his assignment. He did that out of the goodness of his heart. No. <laughs> As a loyal I fan. I thought I was gonna puke. That 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 was like the peak right there. The um the, the woman in the in the cocoon, something about uh, caterpillars. That pulsating um, cocoon of gooey. Bleh. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like the previous scene was like a biology professor looking like he's about to probably rape that student to give her a good grade and then we've got a cocoon something being burst out of it yeah i think it might have honestly just been better if he had sexually assaulted her (laughs) i'm it's inferred i think i don't know because i i don't know what the fuck was happening in this movie all right so let's start from the beginning okay it's gross. And yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's it's violent. Um I I honestly thought is is the twin brothers are they played by the same actor? I don't I don't know. I was I I was I was I I assume so. I was confused at who is who. And you know, really? the twin brother I got you know, at the end. And then I also read like Wikipedia. So I, I didn't really know. And the thing with like on IMDb, they only have the characters of three of them. The other ones are just nameless actors, but they're the character. So a lot of these foreign films, I don't get caught up in trying to figure out the titles and the names. You just kind of go with it because you drive yourself nuts trying to figure out who's who. And Oh no, this was so-and-so because I mean, it's bad to say, but we don't know the names or the, culture well enough to be able to figure that out so i don't know if it's natsuomo kanahama or kenji nasa i i I just go with it well the only reason i asked is because after the one guy died and then he was back doing other stuff i was like wait what the hell happened so like because i thought it was the same guy 
Um, and then, and it took me so long to realize that it wasn't him because they kept saying, you have his face. And I'm like, what? And I guess that should have been a dead giveaway, but it, it really wasn't for me. I was so lost in this movie. This plot was all, all over the damn place. Yeah, like when it started, I thought we we're going to get a dark, really grim police serial. That's what I thought. Yeah, and the, so for the first 15 minutes, I'm thinking, okay, that's where my headspace is. And then it just goes, you know, you got your Cronenbergian uh, pieces to it. You've got these weird, oh, here, what did I write down? Lots of pus oozing from bodies in basement. So you get lots of oozy, gooey, and, and you know, weird childbirth scenes. And here, here's what I, bloody sex with oral ejaculation. Like, it's, it's just this, what is going on here? I didn't say I dislike it. I ended up giving it a six and a half out of ten. Which, which oh, is about, Bill, you can't throw out your rating yet. What oh, sure, I can. I'm, I'm going to because you can do backwards. <laughs> you can go backwards. And the thing with it is, is it is all over the place. It's uh, a what the fuck. If you're not used to this genre or you're not used to maybe an Asian style, it's not going to be necessarily one that you're used to. But don't even try. Just go with it. Well, it does. It, it goes back to the police procedural. It's just you get that whole a bunch of stuff that happens in the middle. Like the uh, I love the origin story of these um, of these these brother and sister and what happened with them and what they were up to. Um, I didn't love that it happened to them, but like I thought it was just yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of, of of Asian film and Japanese horror, and so I was I was completely on on board for this. I was uh, I thought it originally. Uh, it was it was directed by the the man who did Tetsuo Iron Man, and it turns out um, it was directed by Kei Fujisawa, who is the woman from Tetsuo Iron Man, and she was actually in like this 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 performance group. It was an experimental theater group, and they um, it was a it was a it was a theater first. I guess this was a play made into a film. So, <laughs> okay, the play version. I want to be is, in that was, audience. It's, is it going to be like the Evil Dead one that I've been to where there's a splatter zone? I, I, I was just about to ask, yeah. did they give out ponchos to this play? <laughs> Man, I, that's that's crazy. I did not know that. I'm for the record, I'm not saying that this was a bad movie, it was just a little too all over the place for me. And I, and I, I know I keep saying all over the place. I just don't know any other way to describe it. There were so many plots and subplots going on between like the detective that was the, the twin detective and him shaking it down. Um, the brother and sister, like crime duo. Um, and they were just reprehensible people. And then you almost kind of feel sorry for them when you get their origin story. And, and at the end, kind of what happens to them, because you you know you get to find out why that sister is like has an eye patch on and you're like Ugh. <laughs> oh and why the why the brother is is what happened to him that must have been um, especially upsetting for you Raul given your um you know your love of the dong yes oh my gosh I, I, I mean we didn't see it but there was like we it's just barely off screen. And like it is heavily implied some extreme dog mutilation to which I was like, yeah, as a as a, and, and a child too, a child dog mutilation. 
Mm-hmm. This movie and Candyman are not afraid to castrate children. No, no. Although, did you find it weird, though, at, a, at certain points, it, it almost felt like the director was getting almost a little arty at times. Because, like, there's lots of weird shots of grubs in the ground. You know? And so there, there's almost, you know, like an artistic point of it. And then you get this weird splatter blood. Like, like, like it's kind of here that it's, he had a vision. I just don't know that the vision was cohesive. Um, so I, uh, the way I saw those shots, like the, 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 the micro shots, um, it felt very anime to me. Cause you get those kind of shots all the time in anime of like an object that really has nothing to do with on-screen presence or what's going on, but it's, it's 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 a micro shot and it's it's hyper focused and then you realize its significance to the greater scheme of whatever's going on and like to me that just felt very Japanese anime to me I don't know uh, Anthony what did you think about that um, Yeah I didn't get that 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 makes sense that sounds great I didn't get too caught up in that because I was just it can, I wrapped it all up with all the other weirdness that was happening. <laughs> also, it was so because he was a scientist, and there was a lot of uh, quote unquote scientist this guy, and there was a lot of like you know I saw it like a maybe like a microorganism level. We're getting in on on everything. I mean, well, maybe you know it's funny. It's like I always do a background on the actors, the director, etc., and most of them probably aren't in anything we'd know unless you're into hardcore. Japanese TV and movies, but the one actor, uh, Kenzi Nasa Sun Sagata, was in Kill Bill Volume One, uh, The Last yeah. Samurai, The Outsider, and Tokyo Gore Police. So there is some chops there for if anybody wants to make a reference to find at least one of these actors outside of this weird, fucked up film, uh, you can find them. Now, uh, Ashley, I want to I want to ask you a question. Um, how did you feel about the science that was that was going on in this movie? The science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the incredibly realistic, uh, set in reality science that was happening in this movie. How did that make you feel? We need a scientist Everything perspective. About this movie Sorry. made me want to barf. I don't know. <laughs> The science of ripping out people's organs? I don't know. Uh, so, uh, Ashley, is, uh, the one note I put is, by the end of the film, sorry, I was just going to say, by the end of the film I put, it kind of felt like a long version of Battle Royale where you're waiting for the last man standing. That's kind of how oh. I felt with this one. A little bit and more towards the end, especially that guy that like, I don't know what that was. It, it looked like a, like a toll booth or a little mini bar or something like that. And he walks in and gets the absolute shit kicked out of him um, by everyone in there. And, and then just down in that tunnel, you know, you hear gunfire going off. Some people uh, uh, kind of leave and he takes that opportunity to stab one guy and then they start coming back. So he stabs another guy. And at, before you know, it, there's just like a domino effect of like three or four people falling over, just constantly being stabbed. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. 
it's just part of the the incredible journey you take on this film. Absolutely. Oh yeah, the the battle royale, just like yeah. the that that amount of like kill after kill after kill by this guy who like by all accounts should be hemorrhaging blood and dying himself. <laughs> <laughs> but my gosh, it was. I think that part might have been my favorite thing in the in the movie. That or maybe the the teacher's green room, quote unquote, green room that he had behind his uh, his office. What the hell is that all about? That's what I was going to ask Ashley if that was scientifically valid. That that uh, plant man, They're keeping that guy alive, <laughs> keeping that guy alive as a plant. You know, they do a lot of things over there overseas that we can't do here so maybe you don't know what they got going on in their lab you, you heard it here folks ashley says scientifically accurate everything about this movie 100 <laughs> percent scientifically correct mm-hmm. she is willing to put her scientific license on the line <laughs> the, the, the fda has these tests going on with you know Moss men. Yeah. Moss. Moss we don't men. talk about that here. We can't talk about that. Those Moss are Moss men prophecies. Under <laughs> non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> That's where we draw the line at, Mo- at Moss man. <laughs> We've got swamp things. You just you guys just don't know about it. We have real swamp things we're testing on. That is, but do they have legs here in America or? Yeah, they're fully like formed swamp creatures. Okay, so we're, we're at least kind enough to not hobble them like they do in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so Ashley, what was your favorite part of this uh, <laughs> gooey adventure? <laughs> when I turned it off. <laughs> Ashley, how dare you? <laughs> There's only so much. First of all, I don't like. I just don't like like Asian horror or anime. I don't. I don't like anything that comes like entertainment wise that comes out of that area. I just never have, and I never will. This must have been a rough episode for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew it was going to be a rough. I actually know every September things get a little rough. So yeah, but last September I found some films I liked. I just don't like anything and that this, comes out of that. And this September you found some films you love. <laughs> uh huh. And here I thought it wasn't going to be extreme enough. I was like, oh, this is more like zany than it is. But as it, as it turns out, this was the one that uh, uh, got you the worst. I wouldn't say this one was the most extreme, but it was the most ooey gooey. Yeah, I think that's what I I was just like, because I can't look away because I have to read the fucking subtitles. So I can't like... Look, I can't like be like looking down and listening and hearing like the plot. Uh, quite frankly, with this film, you don't need to worry about subtext. <laughs> There's not any. It's just 
Yeah. When I I watched this film when I was uh, while I was on my my stationary bike, and I was just watching it, and there are some are some movies that I get so into that I'll be like, oh damn, I've been biking for almost two hours. And then there are some movies where I'm like, this movie's almost done, right? Like, oh, I've only been biking for 10 minutes. Son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) This one was so, like, dynamically ranged that sometimes I'd be like, okay, this scene has got to be been going on for maybe 15 minutes. And then there are there were times because this is almost an hour and a half or a two hour movie. It's like an hour, 46 minutes ish. Um. And there, there were some scenes where I I was so lost in them that I did realize, like, oh crap, I I I've been I, I've been biking for longer than I thought it was going to be right now. It took me three like goes to finish this movie, but I'm so glad I did because it was a really bonkers movie. It it was, and yeah. and the uh, <clears throat> one question I had, I don't know if anyone can answer it, but. Why did the brother at the end, the the guy that was being all, all gooey, why does why me and not you? That was rough. Like, like why? Like the, his brother. It's like he was saying, it's like just should have been you to his brother. Okay, uh, I do have some like the the way I read it is he never woke up at all, and that interaction is all in his brother's head, and that's part of his like kind of survivor's guilt that his brother's been dead this whole time. Or not dead, but his brother's been cursed to this fate of like living rotting vegetable salad with pus pustules oozing out of him, and he was not able to save him from this. And so, uh, in his mind, his brother says that that it should have been him, but he it doesn't actually happen in reality. It's just kind of a a minor hallucination due to his guilt of not being able to save his brother. Wow, that's a that's a great reading into it. I wonder how many how many people have actually read into this movie that much. That's okay, I, of all your listeners, one. how many of you have actually seen the organ from 1996? If anybody of you have, I am impressed because you're deep into you are deep into your Asian horror. If you've seen this, <laughs> yeah, I get no so one. Had- mentioned it to us. Seen it. Um. Uh, yeah, that's um. So basically, what what you're saying, Raul? Sorry, I wanted to I wanted to get back to this this point you made. Um, he he was it was all in his head. He was just like, and it was the guilt that was saying to him that he was saying to himself. And the whole time he was looking at a rotting salad. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I just wanted to say rotting salad again because that was great. <laughs> he, he's almost <laughs> like wall. It. He's almost like wall art. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like those really fishes, is. those fishes you buy that sing and move. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he has as many tumors and boils and gross things attached to him as like the clickers from The Last of Us. I hate those things. Ugh. I hate shit like that. Like this takes David Cronenberg almost a step further. 
And the, it really does. And it's so weird to say that because every, I mean, we all know what David Cronenberg's a, capable of as far as like body horror and just like body dysmorphia goes and what he can make the body look like. Oh my gosh. But the, the, I think the culmination of that scene where this dude with no limbs on a bed just being kept alive by machines and what he looks like. And my gosh, it is a, a disgusting thing of beauty. <laughs> this, yeah. this, is, this is like reanimator times 12. Mm-hmm. That's it's I, and um, I'm pretty sure these like these uh, Japanese directors at this time were inspired by Cronenberg, even like something like uh, Akira. Because you had the whole the techno morphing body morphing transformation stuff. I love. Well, I'm sure that. she had uh, this director and writer had seen Cronenberg. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there has to be, you know, Cron Cron Cronenbergian influences here. Cronenbergian. Cronenbergian. You're creating your own lexicon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that ever since HMP used to say Frankensteinian. Oh, Frankensteinian. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But man, I, I absolutely loved some, some parts of this movie, not all parts. Some parts were just like, what the fuck is this? Like when the student was trying to demonstrate how poorly she can do like a somersault. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? I don't know. Yeah, this is a, this one is not for the faint of heart. No. No, it is not. Um, but I think it's time for us to rate this movie and move on to the rest of our gooeyness. Um, Anthony, you gave us the synopses, so uh, give us your rating and recommendation. Sure, we'll do. Um, oh, one more uh, quote that I did write down as the, a great doctor quote. He said, "He's lucky to have kept his dick." At least that was the uh, translation. Japanese. But I, I really love. What's that? Aren't we all lucky to have kept our dicks? Well, I guess except for the brother. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> except for the um, the the hot steaming. Uh, rabid salad so um, (laughs) my rating for this is i i really like this asian horror wackiness especially japanese film extreme stuff um even for all of its convolutedness and i gave this one 8.5 out of 10 caterpillars coming out of my belly oh god (laughs) And uh, what what would you say? Would you stream, rent, buy, avoid? Oh, I don't, I don't, even, I don't know if you could buy this, but um, I, yeah, I definitely I would give it a I would give it a stream. It's on YouTube, so yeah, check it out on YouTube. Just uh, you know, if you're if you're interested in this. Cool, uh, Bill. What did what do you what do you got? Well, I, I already kind of slipped it out. I gave this a six and a half. But being a bit of an audiophile, I actually didn't mind the score. I'm one of those guys that even in this kind of film, I'll check out the score. And I thought the score was actually fairly decent. But what I put at the end was, this is the weirdest revenge film I've seen in quite a while. 
So I give this six and a half pussing boils. <laughs> and you said stream also? Oh, yeah, I would stream it. As I said, YouTube. But I'm curious if there's any service, maybe Asian Crush, I'm not sure, that might have a super clean copy of this. It was a little grainy. I think we all watched it on YouTube. It was it was yeah. a little grainy. Sometimes a little hard to see. Like I, I can't see Criterion doing this, but you know, one of those you know <laughs> vinegar, vinegar syndrome or something out there. Vestron, Vestron. Vestron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't from the Paramount collection or something, you know. Uh, yeah, probably not. But you know, we can all hope. Maybe one day. <laughs> It deserves a clean, a real clean restoration. So we, you yeah. know, we can finally. And, and you know what? Quite frankly, I would love a behind the scenes on the on the practical effects. Like that would be pretty good. Yeah. Oh, the practical effects were amazing. I think. You got my juices flowing. What about you, Ashley? Did it get your juices flowing? <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> well, how? What? 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 What's your rating, Ashley? I don't have a rating because I don't think it's fair since I turned it off because my rating would be zero and never watch this. Okay. I'm going to give you a 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess uh, 10 out of 10 uh, rotting human salads. I hate it. (laughs) 10 out of 10 mossy faces. Mossy faces. <laughs> All right. Uh, I so I am going to put that as a rating, but I am going to put in parentheses didn't actually finish. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a seven seven point five out of ten. Female crime bosses with no depth perception. Um, and I'm also going to say stream because this it's, it's fun. It's, it's weird. If, if you like, uh, movies that have kind of a convoluted plot, if, if I, I guess if you like Tarantino movies, but want to see like an extremely, an extremely violent version of an Asian Tarantino movie, this is kind of it. In my opinion. Yeah, this, this, you know, you guys know how much I uh, crap on Suspiria. This made Suspiria seem pretty straightforward. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but honestly, Bill, I'm kind of with you on Suspiria. And you can quote me on that. I am with you on Suspiria. Whenever, whenever anyone gives you shit, about Suspiria, just be like, yo, Ragul's got my back. That's it. Yeah, and, and I think uh, Jay of the Dead does as well. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, you- I don't I don't have your backs. I, I love Suspiria. <laughs> I hate Suspiria. Oh, I think it's it's visually it's stunning, but as a movie, uh... well, I love this. Yeah. This was enough plot for me, this movie. So, you know, I don't I don't always necessarily need plot. Well, no, but I, I don't care about plot. Like, who falls into a vat of needles? Like, 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 and where are these witches coming from down the hallway? You know, like, I don't understand. Like, what the hell is going on in that film? I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but anyways, I di- I digress. 
That that was more straightforward than the organ was. (laughs) That's all right. Uh, Well, I guess. Uh, We should move on to Ebola syndrome, which also kind of came out in the same year, 1996. So both both movies, uh, 1996. Now, can you read the uh, Japanese alternate title, original title? Uh, Ying Bu Lai Bang Duke. There you go. So how well did he do to all of our Asian listeners? Probably terrible. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the synopsis for this one. <clears throat> On IMDb, the synopsis says a Chinese restaurant worker wanted to wanted for murder in Hong Kong contracts Ebola in South Africa, becomes immune to it, and unknowingly spreads the virus there. Then comes back to Hong Kong and continues to infect people with it. Actually, that's not yeah. bad. Sounds good. Sounds about oh, right. That's a good synopsis. Thanks, IMDb. Ashley, how much did you love this one? This is the other one I couldn't get through. Wow, really? I thought this was going to be the one you got through. It's too much rape. It's too much sexual violence. I don't like it. Now, was it it when he raped that slab of beef? (laughs) (laughs) This slab of beef. (laughs) I mean, we're not laughing to make fun of sexual assault, but there, but there was no sexual assault. That's the thing. No, no. The, what this guy, this this dude that becomes the Ebola super spreader, is like trying to jack off in his little apartment above the restaurant when he hears uh, his boss and his wife going to town, and they're just they're just fucking in the next room, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that sounds hot." Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes downstairs into the kitchen, grabs a slab of beef. Cuts uh, a slit into this cold cut of beef. Yep. And yep. looks at it longingly, and 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 that that beef got marinated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Bill! You just gave me the tentative title for this episode. There it is. Oh shit! No, but you know what he was doing. All he was doing was butterflying the beef ahead of time. (laughs) And it got served later to a a, a customer that complained. (laughs) He threw threw it back. Uh, Don't worry, cooks it cooks off under the grill. You're fine. I was just like, is this like this isn't a. How am I, what I'm trying, it's like a mask, it's like a horror movie mask over like a softcore, like porn movie. Well, like, I wouldn't call it a porn, a porn movie so much as more like those, like those S&M kind of deals. That's kind of what this is. This is I just kind of, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a weird one, but I'm so glad now, Raul, what was the origin story? Why did you choose this film? Oh, okay. So. <clears throat> Uh, in March, when I was in Horror Hound, uh, we were, I was just kind of walking through all the vendor booths and, and the hallway that had all the vendors. And there's 
four or five tables that had, you know, that just had displays of movies and Blu-rays, 4Ks, DVDs, and whatnot. And I picked up quite a few movies. I had uh, uh, Lloyd Kaufman sign me a, a, a Blu-ray of Poultry Geist now of the Chicken Dead. I got Carrie on VHS. Um, but I didn't really see anything that, like, I, I didn't pick up a new movie that I just looked at the 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 cover and was like yes i want that um so i was talking with some other convention goers some people i met there and i mentioned my love for extreme horror and they said oh you got to go to the movie on like what was it the southeast corner of of uh of that giant hall where they have the the booths because they they have all these extreme movies and i'm like oh really i didn't even see that so I go to the booth about an hour later and the guy running the booth says, Hey, are you looking for something in particular? I just look him in the eyes and I say, what's the most extreme movie you have? And he points, he, he, he just says, Oh, it's going to be this one. He gives me a copy of Ebola syndrome and I paid $25 in cash for it. And I was just waiting for an excuse to watch it. This is a first time watch. And I knew I was going to cover it this September on the podcast um, although I, I did kind of, I, I was debating on something else, but I knew I wanted to cover it. So yeah, I was just waiting to watch it for the podcast and, and that's why I picked it. Yeah. I, I kind of knew that backstory, but I, I thought the listeners would love to hear your, you're walking around this convention looking for bloody pussy gooey things. I, yes. This one didn't feel as bloody. I don't know, maybe like watching it after having seen what I saw the organ, this one just felt like I'm just gonna fuck a lot of people in really gross ways and that's what I want my movie to be about. Yeah, I mean I don't know, at least at least the sex at the beginning of the movie seemed consensual. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I did not, I did not anticipate a forced golden shower. I, I, I did not anticipate having to see that in a film. That is, ooh, I wrote that down. I was like, this is so gross. That's true. Uh, was anyone else kind of rooting for that guy when he started getting the, or when he started getting uh, the shit kicked out of him? I loved that scene in the apartment. That was bloody amazing. I, it went from kind of being a sexy film to being a, a almost a Bruce Willis fight in an, an apartment building. Like it was great. I really liked it. Felt yeah, it, it, was... it, it, it did feel very Tarantino esque. Yeah, um, I I I thoroughly liked that movie because at this point, that guy is not our antagonist and is not the villain. He, he's kind of our protagonist, the guy that we're following. And we still kind of follow him throughout the movie. But at this point, we don't know enough about him to realize that he's the bad guy. We're kind of just thinking, oh, he just saved his life, but he does kind of have a mean streak. But he kind of he got out of this situation the best way he knew how. And we're, I mean, kind of rooting for the guy, right? And it was a great use of table legs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And, and then the, the cutting of the tongue reminded me of Ichi. Oh, Ichi the killer? Yeah. 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 
But yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was a really strong start to the film because you kind of you don't know if this is going to be like a, a TNA film. Is this going to be a bloody film? Is this going to be a revenge film? And it all kind of blended together. A little bit. Um, Anthony, what did you think about the opening of the movie? Uh, it was great open. A great cold open, definitely. Uh, and, and yeah, you kind of, you kind of like, this is like a goofy guy. I thought he was a great character. He definitely got very, very reprehensible. But at the beginning, yeah, you were kind of like, hey, this is kind of like, this is a goofy guy. He's defending himself. Uh, he was he was an extremely horny dude. Definitely. Um, and then, yeah, he gets in, he gets in, he was really, 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 it seems like he was really trying to get Ebola. Like he's doing everything he could to get it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he made poor choice. He definitely made poor choices. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I didn't, I, I didn't think it was as super gory. It was, it was more like gooey because whenever you get like, Ebola festering pusses and people like puking in faces or, or spitting, coughing, all that stuff. It, it, you know, it, it, it goes there. Uh, he was a great character, though. I thought he was a, as, as, as horrible as he gets. He was kind of a fun guy. He was always had a good time. No matter what was going on, he seemed to always be having a good time. <laughs> that's that. I mean, it, it, that's true. Um, because at the end... Yeah. When his uh, not not at the end, kind of like halfway through the movie during the second killing spree, um, when he's in in South Africa and his first of all his wife's uh, his boss's wife was kind of a real bitch. I'm not I'm not saying that she deserved whatever happened to her, but she's not a nice person either. <laughs> no, she threw him right yeah, under they, the bus. I was gonna say they kept him on. Why? Because he's cheap. <laughs> That's why they kept him. He's cheap. <laughs> yeah, and she she wanted to have this guy buried before he's even dead, like calling her brother to like, hey, uh, this guy's going to die. We just got to get rid of the body and whatnot. He's not even dead. Like she's having that conversation in front of him. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's cold, stone cold. Absolutely. But when, uh, when, when he just like, uh, kills her husband in front of him, in front of her, and then like just starts beating the shit out of her, and uh, ultimately kills her. Also, uh, he he really is kind of just having a ball, you know. <laughs> He's always having. Yeah, a I mean, ball. Happy to be there. I, I agree with Ashley. There's a lot of sexual assault there, but and, and I mean, if you're faint of heart, if you're a feminist, if you're sensitive to those things, had past trauma, don't watch the film. But. If you if you kind of know that Asian sensibility with this, and you're in a certain mind frame, it, it, it's almost natural to what's going on in the story. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed within within the character that yeah, th it makes sense. Um, it's like Ebola, but make it a sexually transmitted disease. Well, I mean, it they all it, it not entirely by sexually transmission. It, it doesn't cook out when you put it in beef. <laughs> what, did, what did I write down? He's listening to his boss thrust his wife to death. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, she, she was not shy. Put it that way. Okay. What, rest, what fast food restaurant do you guys think would be the first to serve Ebola burgers? Uh, Five guys. Five guys. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, Bill said five guys. Ashley, what did you say? He said Arby's. Oh, the Arby's. Rose Beef Flaps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rose Beef Flaps. <laughs> Precisely why it's Oh, oh, I know Greg Mazzelli's laughing his ass off for that one. <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, Anthony! You're what, what do you say? Uh, Jack in the Box. They had like a, a a situation years back. I remember about some undercooked meat or something. No, yeah, no, you're doing it because it's literally Jack in the Box. Like the name fits. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about those pork. They were uh, pork buns, I guess. They were like hamburgers. He's like they're pork buns. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, Jack, jack off in the box is what the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they look tasty though those 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 burgers everyone was loving them yeah those american yeah. style burgers or whatever they called them. i mean honestly i probably i i would have gotten a ball if someone's like oh free burger i'm like hell yeah <laughs> yeah give me seven <laughs> <laughs> For real, I want to. I would have walked out of that uh, <laughs> restaurant with like a hundred five fever. Oh, would have like gravy dripping from his lips. <laughs> oh. That's not gravy, baby. <laughs> oh boy. Sauce. The the other line I wrote down that made me laugh is when they were when they were going in the jungle to buy the pork. And and they see the the native woman running around. The, the, the Kai goes, her nipples are the size of prunes. <laughs> yes, you got these big solid rock hard nipples. And like, <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> oh man! And and then he pisses himself in the car. <laughs> well, I mean, would you? I would piss myself too. Holy shit! <laughs> Got the king of the jungle coming after. No, that was a that was a cheetah. That was a cheetah. Either way, my gosh. Oh man, I got I, I got myself. I got I got lots of laughs out of this film. Which is weird to say out of like an extreme quote unquote extreme movie. Yeah. Uh, this is, I think, the most mild movie we're going to be covering tonight. It is, but even I, I find even and and Ashley can appreciate this. Even in the most extreme film you're going to see there is dark humor embedded in it yeah the only the the, the only one i don't really find that in are the august underground i don't find that much dark humor in those but in just about like all the guinea pig films all other there's always dark humor involved there is there's honestly quite a bit of fun in the in the guinea pig movies and they get they honestly get kind of funny sometimes yeah they're they're wacky but would you buy pigs after seeing that ceremony would you you, like not from that village oh they're dancing around and they've got the pig beside a human body oh sure let's buy them and and he's negotiating for them and you're like oh god yeah he lifts up one blanket and it's a human body like oh no not that one next to it (laughs) They're, cool, they're, yeah. Yeah, that one's for the spit roast. They are the other one, you know. Again, they made they a lot of people made a lot of poor decisions in this movie. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. 
it, it, it was very, it was not a PC movie. It was a lot of, you know, even for, even for 1996, a lot, a lot happened. But it yeah, didn't. You, you'd, it think, you'd, you'd think if the local authorities know about this tribe and what's going on, I mean, you, you got to be sensitive to cultural practices, but that kind of thing is just unhygienic. You know, like they right, shut that right. shit down. And once the doctor found out what was going on, he's like, don't touch anything in my office. He's like, and put on this mask. Yeah. Oh, I love I loved that scene because, you know, that little metal guard that you're supposed to mold around the bridge of your nose and whatnot to kind of like form a seal around those those N95 masks, which yep. is what he gave him. <clears throat> that little metal band was on his chin. So he was wearing that mask upside down. And I just I noticed that and I, it made me laugh. Great observation. It's amazing post COVID now that, uh, and, and we're still caught into it in different parts because it's still floating around. We're more aware of those kind of things. We're it used to just be all oh, those crazy Asians are wearing masks, but now in the culture we are now, you know, we're aware of nose, nose things <laughs> with masks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, 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 was uh, say, I really like the scene where there's the, where the boss took toothpicks to the eye. I thought that yes. was a cool move. Yeah. I, I or, uh, and immediately after that, when he gets decapitated in those glass French doors. <laughs> Some cool moves in this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. You were going to continue with something. I honestly don't remember what I was going to say. But yeah, the gore in, in, in the movie, although it's, there's not as much in as there is in the first movie we covered, um, it is... It is it is good. It is nice to watch. Um, and then after the after our antagonist uh, spends the rest of the night making burgers out of his boss and his boss's wife, um, and then he just opens up the restaurant. In my mind, I'm like, this motherfucker just worked a full day in a restaurant on his feet all day. Uh, I slaughtered his boss and his wife and is now going to put in another full day as the boss and, and, and manager of this restaurant. He's just going to be tired, man. Like there's, there's a reason I can't kill anyone is because I like sleep too much. There's too much energy involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, really he's got, dedicated to the restaurant. He's, he's got a work ethic. Yeah. yeah. He did. He got a lot of energy. This guy. But what I did like about the film was that there was a good pacing to it. Like it didn't dwell in any one thing too long. It kept, it kept going, kept moving, kept flowing. You know, like some films get caught up in dialogue and that kind of, this one didn't, this one just moves to the pace it needs to move to. I was just like, <laughs> I was watching it. I'm like, okay, I got past this scene. I was like, Oh, more gross sex. Oh, it's just going to keep going. Okay. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. Okay. So Ashley, when, when was it that you just threw in the towel? I don't know the specific time. I just have notes in my phone because I watched this one. Lord, we postponed this three times now, several weeks ago. I just have notes in my phone. That are just like more gross sex, okay, more gross sex, and then I'm done. I remember seeing someone have a bunch of toothpicks in their eye. 
Yep, that's what we just mentioned. Yeah, that was the boss. Yeah. Okay. And the irony is, Ashley, as the movie went in the last third, there was much less sex, so you would have missed it. So I, it's like I, I held out for so long, and then I missed when it was like, we're going to stop doing that now. Well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and, and in fact, I think after the boss dies, there's there's no sex at all, right? I don't believe. No, there's a scene where <laughs> it's like this tiny woman, and he's just like flipping her all over the goddamn place like she's a fucking rubber doll i don't know i was just like this is so gross i fucking hate this shit well yeah but that that, i'm pretty sure that's the that's the boss's wife and that's the same scene with the burgers uh we're right before he starts making the burgers right yeah i think that is the boss's wife that i think so there was this this was after he killed them all right, well, Ashley, I think I think the only way to solve this is you're going to have to watch this movie watch the again. the whole thing through. Yeah. I'm never doing and, that. And uh, you're going to have to tell me exactly exactly what scene that is. And then finish organ. Ugh. Yeah. From orgasm to organ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it funny that – well, not funny – I, I like the fact that halfway through this kind of weird, it becomes a police serial halfway through the film. And you kind of, you kind of get, you know, the police are tracing this guy back and the steps that he took and where has he gone to? And I found it ironic that Kai became Canadian. <laughs> he got a Canadian passport and he flipped over. <laughs> I <laughs> like thought he, he might enjoy that. And what, is he working in Chinatown, downtown Toronto? And I've eaten at his restaurant before. This movie will make you a vegetarian. <clears throat> The hell it did. I was eating chicken wings right after it. I was going to say, I wanted some <laughs> pork on a spit. That's what I wanted. Some pork buns. Some pork, some bon meat buns. Mm. You know what? I might get some wings later today. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and at the end, you know what, what I got out of it? It's good to get out and exercise and take a walk through the city. <laughs> That's what he does. He just, with his cleaver, he just, you know, spewing everywhere and having his way yeah there's that there's that one dude that's wearing like the hazmat suit that he he like cuts it open and just spits on the guy and the guy's acting like it's acid he's like ah it's like <laughs> it's like that scene from robocop don't touch me man ah, you know yeah it was almost a little bit like that it was, it was really funny um but but only in an asian film you know in an american film the guy would have guns and uh, you know, body armor. This guy just has a cleaver. He's, he's that's all. You know, minimalized violence. Yes, um, I did. I did appreciate after, after the, you know they they brought him down and the kind of the threat is kind of over. Um, that uh, you see the cleanup crew going around and finding all the spots of blood and spraying it down with sanitizer and whatnot. I thought like, oh, well, that's. You know, a lot of movies you wouldn't, you wouldn't really see that. The credits would kind of start rolling after the the resolution of the conflict. Not they really wouldn't give you like post resolution. But but I do find uh, I found ironic, you know, having us now kind of lived through or still going through COVID. This is a good film to watch in retrospect. I mean, this was twenty seven years ago, and you know, like it's almost like. 
I mean, I we've gone through COVID. I remember going through SARS. You know, we've gone through these kind of things. It's funny to watch this. Yeah, going back and seeing uh, how they dealt with it, or they thought they were going to deal with it in two, uh, 1996. Mm-hmm. And even how underprepared they were. They, like, they didn't even. They didn't have enough hazmat suits. that's 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 true man look i mean there's a there's a running theme here and that's just underpreparedness underpreparedness is that i don't know unprepared yes like english is hard i i (laughs) i'm not an englishologist you're not an english guy No, no i'm mexican was I'm waiting for the. I'm, 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 sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna. Uh, sorry, I was gonna bring it back to the movie. Uh, was anyone else surprised that um, he like had a wife that he that he had left behind there? Because she wasn't <laughs> in it before, right? She just randomly and then easily <laughs> took him back because he was so charming. Well, the fact that I, you can, I, I was going to say the fact that you can buy her off. I'll buy you for five or five thousand dollars. Yeah, okay, sure, no problem. Oh yeah, because she was uh, <laughs> she was remarried to this guy, or seeing him or something. I didn't know was she remarried or was he just kind of hooked up with her? I didn't know. I thought they were remarried. I, I, I'm with Anthony here. I thought I thought the implication was that they kind of divorced through like absentia, I guess, because he was gone for years. <clears throat> So I, I guess my, my the implication was kind of that they divorced through absentia and then she got remarried and then he kind of reappears again. Yeah. I mean, the guy didn't seem that tied to her, though. <laughs> the husband, you know. He, he was willing to barter for her. Yeah, he's like throwing a beer. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's what we like, beer. Look, it was it was nineteen ninety six where you could, uh, I guess, uh, state the value of a woman by the number of six packs, right? She's worth <laughs> at least a two four, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in the forty, you got yourself a deal. <laughs> Give me a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> Throw it in there. <laughs> That's how you get Tammy down at the gas station, but I don't know about <laughs> any other. <one. laughs> Uh, if you're if you're bartering liquor for women, you're probably going to pick up something not as bad as Ebola, but <laughs> it's going to make you itch. That's right. Uh, uh, well, I think we should rate this. Uh, I mean, unless anyone has anything else to add, uh, the, the only, the only thing I put I put is I, I wrote down I enjoyed the setup more than the second act. I enjoyed the first forty five more than the second forty five. Uh, I'll agree with you. I think after after the, the the killing of the boss and the wife, the movie takes a turn for like the police procedural and and whatnot. It it, it definitely kind of becomes a, a different style of movie. It almost and it's I almost, wasn't so on board for that. I was going to say it, it, it's almost as if the tone shifted a bit in the second half. Oh, definitely. But yeah, if anybody hasn't seen this, that first ten minutes, fantastic. Great cold open. My note, my note for that was uh, this film is just shot out of a cannon. <laughs> it did. Off to yeah. a, a great start. 
Yeah, and honestly, it it kind of except except for like that tonal shift, for the most part, the pacing of this movie is just you know, rap pretty pretty on pace. There's no lulls or slow spots in the movie at all. And even after with the the police procedural stuff, um, it, it, you still get quite a bit of action and and intrigue and. And and whatnot, it doesn't feel slow. It just feels different to what no, we it's, were. It, it's it's not being held up. It's just it's almost like the director kind of turned the page to do something slightly different. Exactly, exactly. But that doesn't mean that the the movie suffers from any any pacing issues. No, no, it does not. And, and I thought this character was interesting enough to to carry it. Just like he was a great character. Like he was a horrible human, but I thought the character was a, a great character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give out the first rating since I gave the synopsis. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this one uh, 8 out of 10 pieces of meat that got this duck. And uh, I'm going to give it a give it a stream. Uh, you can uh, it's available on fdubmovies.com. Uh, I do own this movie on 4K, but I think for the most part, a lot of people aren't going to want to own this movie. But it, it's enough. Give it a stream, like a high priority stream, if you like um, extreme and Asian and Asian horror. So eight, eight out of ten pieces of meat that got this duck. They got the D in the best of ways. That's right. Bill, what did you give this movie? I gave this a uh, seven and a half large pruny nipples. <laughs> but I would say uh, st- uh, stream it for sure. But it's the kind of one that if you can get a deal on it to buy, if it's, you know, like on one of those places where they're discounting 25, 30% off, I would look for this one. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, if you can find it on a deal, I think I overpaid with twenty five dollars. But but you've I got mean, it. For, not, you've got it for life now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but I, if I think if I could have bought it for like fifteen dollars, that would have been like the perfect price yeah. for this movie. Like if if you're getting charged thirty bucks for it, I'd say pass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you're paying that ten extra dollars for the for the memories, right? The memories of the story. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a it's a good antidote that I can say like, oh, I got this movie this way. So that's that's nice. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right, Anthony. What do you rate this movie? Um, I'm uh, right around there with you guys. Seven point five out of ten. Uh, folding tables to the face, and it was you know it it did kind of stitch which tones halfway through, but I was kind of I enjoyed it. I just thought. This character was a was a zany cat. It was just a weird zany movie, but also offensive and gross at the same time. Scratch yes. my itch of, of Asian, uh, you know, wacky Asian horror for me. And would you say stream, buy, rent, avoid? I'd I'd stream it. I wouldn't recommend buying it. Maybe unless you've you know seen it first. <laughs> Yeah, this was a blind buy, but I, I would I would definitely say for 99.9% of people, give it a viewing and then decide if you want this on your shelf. Like I need to own this. This is this is the movie for me. I can't live without it. Yeah. But then again, I also blind bought like 
septic and 120 days of Sodom, which honestly I might, we might review next year. So that's not, and to get off tangent, that one isn't other than maybe a couple scenes, beautifully shot film. It is. The soundtrack is amazing. It's well put together. It's just the subject matter is done in some graphic ways. It, and that one really is. And there's a, there's quite a bit of sexual violence in that one, too. Yeah, so, boys Ashley, and girls. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What? Ashley's just tuning us out at this point. She's like, I ain't going <laughs> to listen to this bullshit no more. <laughs> you, you were both talking at the same time, so I don't know what you said. Uh, well, we were just talking about a movie that we might that might get reviewed next September. So. No. <laughs> Do you want me to rate this or not rate it? Oh well, I I assume. Oh my gosh, that freaking pop up's back. Um, it'll it'll go away. Why is it doing that? I don't know because it hates me. I guess. Uh, well, I, I assume you're like the other one you didn't finish. It's a 10 out of 10, right? Sure. Uh, 10 out of 10. Let's see. Um, toothpicks to the eyeball. Toothpicks to the eyeball. And uh, I'm going to give this one a bye. <laughs> and rub it on your... Prune nipples. Your prune nipples. <laughs> we don't need that personal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, with the, you know, with uh, abbreviations, it didn't actually finish. Yes. <clears throat> Fantastic. Okay, so, Bill, you have our final movie of our dance card. Would you go ahead and synopsisize that bad boy for us? Synopsisize. That's a new word I'm going to now come out of where I will. Lexicology is synopsisize. Uh, this is a film that I've seen many times. I've come to really enjoy the film. Now, that's going to feel weird if you're watching it for the first time. Or if you haven't seen it before and you and you kind of look at the poster art and you're like, Bill, you're one fucked up dude. Yes, I am. The synopsis is the making of a snuff film from both the perspectives, the killers and the victims. This is The Butcher from 2007. If you type in The Butcher on IMDb or into Google or Yahoo, you're going to get a lot of them. Uh, there's a lot of films called The Butcher, including one I think that's 2006. So you have to look for one that's 2007 and it's an Asian film. Uh, is this Japanese or is it Korean? I think it's Japanese. South Korean. It's, oh, is it South Korean? Okay, South, South Korean. Korean. Uh, I, I've seen this multiple times. And the first time was kind of just like a blind watch on YouTube. I just, you know, random search. And it stuck with me. And so I watched it a second time. And I've seen it a third time. I'm at the point now where I know what's coming. I almost know the words that are coming out. But I still love it. Now, I now, the other reason I put it out there is I wanted it to get an exposure to an audience that probably hasn't seen it before. Very few people I know that have seen it, other than the extreme horror people. Uh, it's directed by Kim Jin Won. 
barely anybody in this crew uh, has done anything that you will have heard of, except for Teksu Kim, who did the visual effects for that film, Okja. So I don't know. It, it, it looks like it's almost, I wouldn't say amateur. I would say people that haven't gone on to a lot of things. Now, this one, in some senses, is quite rough. But in other senses, it's got a little bit of Texas Chainsaw in that your imagination has to go there before <laughs> you physically see it. So, I about that. Yeah, because it, it, there's an o- ominous opening where you're going through a dark, dingy warehouse-type setting to find a group of people shackled to a wall. And they don't know why they're there. You know, they went to bed after work or living their life. And they've shown up, tied up. Uh, in chains against the wall. It almost has an 80s feel with the video production. I don't know if you'd necessarily call this found footage. I do because you get to see it through the perspectives of multiple characters, through the protagonists and the antagonists in this film. So So you get in there, you know this is grungy and dirty. There's two guys talking about menial things while four people are gagged and chained before the film begins. So it does kind of lead you up that path. You, you're not getting into the blood right away. It gives you that mystery of what's going on. You know something ominous is going to happen. You're just not sure what. And things are going on behind walls of this warehouse. And then you start to hear some things. And uh, two people are brought to a room and you hear a chainsaw, you hear screaming, you might see the flicker of blood here and there, but you don't see it. You just thought your imagination is to go on as to what is going on with these two slimy, grimy assholes that are taping this as a snuff film. They've obviously (laughs) done this multiple times. They've talked about different scenes they've done, different scenarios they've had. But they're also talking about, you know, things that are going back home. One guy's worried about talking to his wife. And one guy's, you know, worried about getting a phone call on his cell phone. Well, at the same time, these other events are happening. So it's dark and it's sometimes hard to see the details. But I will argue that that works in its favor. Because, again, your imagination has to kind of get her going. And after the first couple is, let's just say, taken care of, there's another couple that are back there and they're wearing these uh, cameras on their head. So you get their perspective and their dialogue and then it flips to the filmmakers. And we're introduced to a character called the pig. And he's one of the most interesting characters you're ever going to see in horror. I think he's interesting. This film is... Interesting. You, you don't you, you don't get any depth. You don't know anything about him. You don't know anything about his morals. I think he's probably mentally deficient, but <laughs> you you just kind of go with it. It's very visceral. You hear screaming. You hear whimpers. You hear begging for life. You hear chainsaws. You hear hammer banging, and then the star appears. Who's this pig guy? It's interesting that one of the filmmakers gets calls from home and we get loving conversations between torturing people. You know, you get, there's that almost dichotomy of he cares about one thing, but the human life is nothing to him. 
but he wants to make sure that his kids are all taken care of at home. Or he's it, like, hey, that's not my Bible. That's your Bible. Yeah. He get, We're going to talk about religion right now. And, and then we hear grunting. And, 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 and you're like, what's going on? And then we see this pig and this couple is brought back to this uh, antechamber, I'll call it. Another room. They're tied. And let's just say this guy ain't the husband of the year. And these two people are chained to chairs. And let's just say there are acts in, that go on in about a 15-minute span that ain't going to ever get erased from your brain. There's torture. There's chainsaws. There's sodomy. There is weird noises. There's moral choices that are made by certain characters that are interesting in the highest order. You know, this guy ain't going to be getting a Hallmark card. That's for sure. But then it becomes a survival film. And then you get elements of like a hostel are in this film. And then it becomes on one side that the crew is documenting this and uh, making sure the film is ready. And then the, the one other character makes a choice and he's able to escape. And you wonder if he's going to survive. And you wonder, is this guy a hero? Is he an anti-hero? Is he just an asshole? Is he going to escape? If so, how is he going to escape? And he's fumbling around through. You know, I like how the director is following the filmmaking narrative throughout it all. He wants to make sure the shots are right. He wants to make sure that the, the, the parts are there so that it makes for an interesting film. Because he's done this kind of scene before. So I want to make a new type of take on it. I feel like you are... I feel like you're like this is a a movie and you're putting like this really beautiful bow on a piece of shit. I like it. I I, I unabashedly enjoy it, but it's not a perfect film. It's 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 morally reprehensible. And, I thought it was boring. I I see. I liked I I liked the tension. I I, I really enjoyed it. I, I like. This is like if the Texas Chainsaw Massacre fucked a shitty found footage movie in a pig mask. There are elements of both. I, I, <laughs> I, fully, acknowledge, I fully acknowledge there are elements of both. But I, I enjoy the narrative of this film. It's grown on me. Every time I watch it, it grows on me. Maybe I should watch it again. Watch it again. This is... Like the... the very beginning of it is just so like there's the guys just walking around making all these like grunting and disgusting like spitting noises and it's just like the most vile sounding shit and the camera is so shaky that it's it is the, the camera is really shaky and i'm not a found footage guy so you kind of just kind of get used to it yeah you have to that's one of the things like you have to be able to handle how much that camera is shaking through this whole film Raul, what were your thoughts? You're on mute. I fucking loved this movie. See? See? <laughs> this movie was like okay, it did it did take a minute to get for me to get into it because I thought the 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 found footage is is terrible. Um, and then the, like the, 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 the footage quality is, is absolute dog shit. The, 
the the sound was uh, blown out. Like it's too high, it's too low in some places. But honestly, that was only for maybe the first fifteen minutes of the movie, and it's a short movie. It's like it's 70... only seventy five minutes or whatever. Yeah, it's not yeah. long at all. And and once once I realized that. Um, and it was a little disorienting, but once I realized that it's supposed to be that way, that, uh, uh, the majority of this movie takes place through the perspective of the victims. And some of it does take place through the perspective of, of the victimizers. Um, but the majority takes place through the perspective of the victims. And that's such an interesting way to view a snuff film because it's, it, 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 it is, it is the, the viewer that is the victim. You know, you are you are seeing these atrocities as if you are being held captive, as if you are the one uh, chained up and tied up and and have piss running down your leg. Um, and I thought that was such an interesting perspective to make this kind of movie. And I, once I realized that, I was like, oh, OK, there's there's more to this. Um, and I, I, I uh, Bill, I'm like you. The whole like, oh, crap. When I'm looking back at what you're saying, like, yeah, I, you only really see the chainsaw get used once. There's so many things that that are implied but not seen and so many things that are just slightly out of frame. Like when the, the, the wife dies, you see um, you see her and her face and her reacting to the violence that's happening to her. You see the the pig uh ra- raising and stabbing her in the stomach with a knife but you don't see the actual stabbing because that is beautifully kind of framed behind this makeshift bathroom wall and that's the only thing you don't see is the actual penetration of the knife you don't see the husband getting sodomized like you don't see any sort of penetration or anything like that but you are witnessing that rape through the victim's eyes and it's so damn jarring. Um, and yes, the guy's not husband of the year, but also I can't fault him. Like I can't blame him. He is this, this in, in he's in, under incredible distress, under incredible duress, witnessing experiencing pain that he's never experienced before. And, and, uh, uh, but before that happens, he's pleading for just his wife to go. And then after that happens, when he uh, when he's potentially has this possibility of survival, he is just sobbing because of what he did uh, to his wife, what, 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 what the things he said and whatnot. And that, it's heartbreaking. I honestly believed that he does love his wife, but he was just pushed too damn far, you know? So you, you, I, I it's it's such a human thing. It, 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 it it's almost if it's the brain flipped to uh, fight or flight mode. Yeah. yeah, like he he's broken. He's a broken shell of a man. That yes, in deep down inside, he absolutely loves his wife, but he just experienced something that he couldn't handle, and it it broke him. Yeah. And once he realized what happened, he's so damn mournful about what i, what I found I funny know. was that scene where the wife gets stabbed uh the di- the director was like you weren't supposed to kill her that fast did i give you permission to kill her that fast that's what i was gonna say <laughs> stop yeah. he's going to die too soon like there's so many like 
none of the people that are doing it can get their shit together. No. They're all no. just like... This is a poorly directed director. snuff film. Yeah, the director just can't get his people in order. But also, it's it's so it's so beautiful the way they they depict those people because to them it's just a day at the office. It's like oh, they're talking about these these mundane things that have no bearing on what's going on. They're not like uh, it's not a hundred percent. Oh, we're gonna kill you. We're gonna eat your eyeballs. You know, it's not like no. that. Like, oh yeah, what are you doing this weekend? We're you know, make a movie. We're gonna make one. Just hanging out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, Anthony. You've been quiet a lot right now. I really am interested to hear what you what you have to say. Yeah, I've been I've been really enjoying uh, listening to you guys talk about it. Um, I'm definitely in the camp, leaning more to the side of of Raul and Bill. I really enjoyed this movie. Number one, I love South Korean film. I actually lived in South Korea for like six years, uh, like living and working as a teacher there, and I've love their film. I love found footage. And I feel like this really did found footage well, even though I got nauseous from it and got, I was like physically ill at the end, not from the gore or anything, just from like motion sickness. But it was very effective because with found footage, you know, you have to, you have to think about, oh, is there a reason for every one of these shots? Like the number one, is there a reason that this exists as a found footage? And, and of course, because they're making a film. And every shot comes from a camera. And I thought it was very clever that the way that they put a camera on every person. So you get different perspectives. And that was really cool. And then like what Bill was saying about the, you don't see it at the beginning. You hear like chainsaws. And then like when he comes in and throws the hand, I thought that was a great, that was like the first gore pretty much you saw. And yeah. And how casual, again, they were talking about like, it was, is a smell in here? Oh, I'm used to it. You know, tell the tell the boss, tell the director to get a fan. You know, they were so casual, and the director was casual, and then even commenting on it, it's just how cool. Because the guy was like, he was had like horn rim glasses. You know, he wasn't your typical killer. He was just kind of like a like a like a film nerd kind of guy, and he's just saying they're so casual about the whole thing. And the again the ass ramming scene from the perspective of the one being ass rammed, and just brute. And the and uh, we haven't mentioned the eye gouge yet. That eye gouge was incredible. That was yeah, well, Fulci would have been proud. Oh, scooped, what? scooped right out. Juicy scoop. One of, I, I rewound that and I watched it so many times and I cannot, because you zoom into her from like a, from like a, like a wide ish shot, you know, you see her head, you zoom into it. Um, I cannot find the cut between zooming in and that's her head, that's a person's head to where it would no longer be a living person's head. Like it looks so realistic to me. Yeah. Really, really good. Really effective gore. Yeah. And I was also putting myself in the place trying to, I was like, Oh, what if I was obviously I've never been anything close to this, but would I have sold her out the way he sold her out? And like what you were, you were talking about, um, yeah, he was just pushed to the brink. But uh, if only he lasted another minute. He needed like two more minutes, right? I think yeah. in, his, in his nine minutes. Don't but... you always need two more minutes? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that the male species in general. Uh, yes. I mean, the, 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 the pig didn't last very long himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Brutal. 
just, 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 yeah, just this, it's scratched an itch. It's scratched an itch. But, and the question I want to ask is, do you think at the end he survived? Like the car stops. Do you think he kept continuing or is that his body just given out? I think he survived unless, cause he just had the leg injury. Aside. Oh, and the fingers and he lost a lot of blood. Oh, that's a good question. I haven't thought of that. Yeah, because he stopped at the side of the road and you're almost wondering, is that because I was too woozy to drive or he just needed to catch his breath? I'm not sure. I think Maybe he we- lost enough blood that it was just like, can't do it anymore. Yeah. yeah, and I thought he was psychologically just broke down once he got far yeah. enough away from everything because he was like sobbing. I mean, he was just sobbing the entire And I mean, time. adrenaline can only get you so far. At a certain point, your body will give. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Anthony on this one. I think, I, I think he was just broken. I think once he got away from the immediate danger that he needed to just sob and cry and realize that he was broken. And I think, I I think he does survive, but I think his quality of life is going to be so much so that I wouldn't be surprised if this individual without proper medical guidance and, and therapy and years and years of, of uh, uh, mental rehabilitation, I wouldn't be surprised if this individual doesn't take his life. Or he just ends up in a sanitarium. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like he sh- might as well have just died because yeah. at this point it's going to take a lot to get back to living again. Like in, in my mind, this guy survives and you, you, one could view this as, you know, a happy ending, but I view this as a, as, as I still see it as a nihilistic ending because like what, what quality of life this is, this movie's so realistic. What quality of life can this person expect to have? You know, exactly. And the other thing I like about it is as he's escaping in the car, there's this really upbeat classical music that's playing. (laughs) It's like it's euphoric. Woo! It's orgasmic. Woo! I made it out. You know, and it's the guy can barely get see without the blood dripping in his eyes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But who is the who is the guy that tried to stab him? Was that the guy in the in the riverbed? Yeah. I don't know. He's just a random guy. Or was he, no, he might've been part of the crew. I I don't know. Or another survivor or something or perhaps. Yeah. I think, I think he was definitely part of the crew, but he was not someone we had seen up to that point. Yeah. He, he, he was the uh, roadie. He was the gaffer. (laughs) (laughs) He's the, he's the best boy. (laughs) He's the, he's the fluffer. (laughs) Oh man, uh. this movie is 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 beautiful. It is unforgiving. It is uh, merciless, but it's it's so realistically uh, depicted that it makes it makes it makes you feel very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, um, but also a dark sense of humor to it. Am I psychotic or something? <laughs> because I was so bored. You got to get into the mindset of the wrong with me. This was beautiful. I'm like, I got through this one because I was bored to death. And I was waiting for something like more from it. I, I thought more was going to happen. 
Well, you have to keep in mind that this movie is probably, is probably the lowest budgeted movie that we're covering um, today. And with, I mean, with that, with a low budget, they're going to have to really pick and choose where they kind of blow their load, essentially. <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of it was when you finally do get into uh, into that room that's covered in plastic tarp the plastic room yeah so up up until that it's a lot of hear and not see um but and after that it it, it does kind of change you see a lot more uh there's still some stuff that they hide away be- with uh, fancy camera angles and whatnot but i mean you see the eyeball gouge you see that the chainsaw ripping through the top half of that guy's hand and it, it's another scene where i couldn't find the cutaway like what are they cutting into? Are they cutting into someone's hand? The, the, um, the, the one thing I didn't see is how did he get out of the bear claw trap? Mm-hmm. You didn't see that. All of a sudden he's, he's trapped in the bear claw and then all of a sudden he's running. He At some op- point he somehow got out of it. Just opened it up and took off. Those things, those things ain't easy to open up though. They're pretty, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought he would have the strength to get out of it, but obviously he did. Adrenaline. It, it was took adrenaline. So much from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I felt it was like to its detriment because now I'm comparing it to this like brilliant film and it doesn't hold up to it. I mean, I can definitely see the comparison, but I, I honestly didn't make that comparison in my mind un- until you stated it. It was just so. That's uh, all in, in my mind, it was. What? That's all I thought about, like from the very beginning. For some reason, I, I think he, like, I, I think he took inspiration from, and just kind of did his own take on something. Yeah, I felt it was like stylistically and tonally different enough from that. Yeah, but I do see the comparison. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Not not that it's extreme at all, but have you seen the was it 1979 film Effects? No, uh, Tom Savini's in it, and they're making a snuff film. Like there are, there there is a subgenre of films regarding snuff films, and uh, this one I think is the obviously the most graphic of any of the ones I've seen. But uh, there are multiple snuff style films that you can uh, compare it to. Like I like what you guys are saying about it more than what I saw on the screen. Like, well, Ashley, I would. Sorry, go ahead. Like, if I saw what you were saying, like, if I could have seen it through your eyes, maybe it would be more effective to me. I don't know. Like, y'all are very excited about it. And I'm like, did I watch the same movie? I would I would invite you to rewatch the movie with with kind of this discussion in mind to see if maybe your opinion does change on it. I may do that, but probably not going to i know <laughs> <laughs> well that would be after you rewatch you finish organ you know. rewatch <laughs> syndrome, and then rewatch this no but i almost watched this film through the eyes of a cinephile and and how they put it together and the effects and the fact that you get this you know, the, this dialogue about, you know, how the director cares about how the shots are set up and, and, and he worries about plot line. It's a fucking snuff film. Like but he was 
trying to be very artistic about it. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, no, no. We've killed her this way before. We've raped her that way before. Let's see if we can, you know, uh, what's your point of view on how the story should play? Like, like that is what fascinated me almost as much as what the action was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that was, I think that, that sort of commentary is what makes it really is what elevates it just, just above just splatter gore, found footage, nonsense, violence, you know? Yeah. There is some thinking, but it, I mean, it obviously does suffer from budgetary issues. And you do get the impression. Sorry. You do get the impression that he's done this so many times, like, (laughs) like so many movies. So at first I was like, oh, he's like, he's going to be in sloppy, but like, oh, he's not being sloppy. He's just like trying to do something new. I thought that was effective. But yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a mix between someone that is kind of running, going through the motions and then, but, but actively trying to make it better, make it different, you know? But extremely low budget. Yeah. I wonder... Does anyone know or look up the, what the budget was for this? Uh, I've got the page up. Uh, let me see what's on the bottom here. The IMDb page? Uh, IMDb doesn't give it. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, I, it doesn't give the... Sometimes they give the budget if they have it. They don't for this one. Yeah, I tried I tried to find it, but I couldn't I couldn't find the budget for this movie. It must have I, I mean, I'd be, will, I'd be willing to bet less than, less than 500000 for sure. I because like I think they, I think they spent their money on the effects. Yeah. Yes. Alone. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of uh, uh, red food dye and corn syrup used in this film. And the pig mass was great. Yeah. I, 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 U.S. dollars. How much? How much? Fifty thousand U.S. 50, dollars. Fifty thousand. Where did you find that? I just Googled it and it came up from a film review site. Well, uh, listeners, welcome to our new segment. Raul doesn't know how to use Google. (laughs) (laughs) How did you find that information out on the internet? Something called the interweb. Now, if if it's only 50,000, now 2007, so let's say, let's give it $70,000 with, you know, Inflation. They use their money, I thought, pretty good, if that's what the budget is. They use all their money on this awesome poster. That's not true, Ashley. The the effects (laughs) are amazing. (laughs) They also bought a chainsaw. Don't lie to me. (laughs) Yeah, but they bought it at the Goodwill, so who knows how good it was, you know. That's true. Uh, Well... I don't know about you guys. Are you guys ready to rate and review or rate and final thoughts? Yep. yep. Okay. Real quick. Ashley, what was your favorite part? Cause I've asked you for all the movies. What was your favorite part of this movie? So the favorite thing to me was more of the concept of the first person torture, like the cameras on the head, like that was the redeeming thing to me. Like that seemed very inventive. Okay, just not the execution in which they they kind of pulled that off. I was just really exhausted and bored with this movie. Okay, well that hurts my soul, but there we are. <laughs> uh, Bill, again, I don't. Are you asking me for I, I, are you asking me for a review I, or favorite part? 
Oh, no. No, I was, well, hold, hold on. Ashley, I really hope you do watch it again and keep this conversation in mind. Listeners, I really hope of all the movies, because I doubt anyone's going to rush out to watch these movies, I pretty much do the September Extreme Horror episode for me because I, I love Extreme Horror so damn much. Um, but uh, I, So I, I doubt anyone's going to rush out to see these movies. But listeners, of all the movies that we talked about today, uh, The Butcher would probably be like the most one I recommend. Please watch it. Please keep this conversation in mind. Please give it a shot and a chance. And and if anyone does, let me know. Let us know what you thought about it. Because uh, I, I would really like to have more people watch this movie and, and maybe hear what they have to say. Give us some feedback if you do decide to watch this movie. Please, 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 please. Um. All right. Well, I'll just I'll just say I'll just jump in. Uh, this is a film that grows on me every time I watch it, and I would say, if you're just kind of tiptoeing into, if you are a fan of extreme, if you're a fan of Asian, if you're a fan of found footage, or like survival films, I think you need to see this film. I give this eight pig-headed masks out of ten. <laughs> And I would say, uh, what? I was going to say, I would say definitely a priority stream. And if you can get it on a cheap enough deal, buy. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Add out of 10 pig headed masks, priority stream or cheap buy. Yep. Uh, Anthony, what do you rate this movie? Yeah, I... I'd say if definitely, if you're a fan of found footage, I agree with what you've said. Uh, found footage, South Korean uh, movies, extreme. This is something you should check out. I give this one. Uh, my rating actually went up a little bit as we talked about it. I docked it a point for making me sick, but I'm going to give it back that point based off the excitement of this conversation. And I'm going to give it uh, nine out of 10 uh, I Heart Korea t-shirts. <laughs> love that guy shirt uh, what would your recommendation be oh yeah um, buy it if this is up your alley I don't I don't buy things but I would buy it save or stream it or both you might have to go to that uh, video store in town that you buy things under the counter yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, it would. You'd, you'd have to know know somebody that would find it. Like, yeah, falling off a truck or something to find this. Or know, if you find it. online, there's got to be like ex- extreme Asian movies or you know that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, there 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 has to be somewhere online you can buy it. <clears throat> I I would try and look it up, but as we all discovered, I, I can't, <laughs> can't use, use Google. Google. <laughs> so maybe maybe Ashley can find uh, where you can buy this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but Ashley, what what is your rating and recommendation? I give this a six out of ten. Phone calls with your mom about Bibles, and uh, just stream it. I would say stream it. Uh, but you know what, though, you didn't say avoid, and I'm gonna classify this episode as a win that's a win if it's no <laughs> yeah that was higher than i was expecting 
Honestly, yes. Uh, I'm gonna give this one. Uh, also, I'm right, I'm, Anthony. I'm right there with you. Nine out of ten broken wheelchairs, uh, and I'm gonna say bye because I, I I just thought it was so damn funny how they kept arguing about getting the wheelchair fixed and that it was broken. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of a, a lot to a lot to love about this movie, just on, on every level. Unless you're Ashley or people with similar tastes as hers, but yeah, I thought it, on a lot of levels this this was working. This was working. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, um, guys, thank you so much for being on this episode and entertaining my uh, my desires to talk about uh, extreme horror. Ashley, I'm not sorry for anything we put you through. Uh, but, I'm glad, <laughs> but I'm glad you were feeling well enough and uh, well enough to uh, uh, have this conversation with us, and that you at least finished one of the movies. Yes. Wait, does this mean that I have two passes that I can choose not to finish two movies now? If you are watching a movie and it makes you have visceral reactions, then please turn it off. Okay, we're going to disagree on that. Um, (laughs) I'm giving you permission. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like you as in anyone out there. Oh, uh, no. If you are watching a movie and you're like, this is making me feel really ill or disgusted, then yeah. All right. Good to know. So, uh, Bill, Anthony, thank you so much for, for, for being on here, being a part of this conversation, throwing out some amazing movie recommendations. Uh, I had so much fun with this episode. Uh, Bill, let's start with you. Uh, go ahead and uh, throw out your plugs and, and anything else you'd like to say. I just want to say it's a blast coming on. Every time I'm on with you two, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait next year if you want me back on to get into Silo. 120 days of Sodom. Woo! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. I might, uh, so I have the book. Um, I might read that before that episode. But yeah, uh, you'll definitely, anytime we're talking Extreme Horror Bill, you are always welcome. And honestly, whenever the hell you want to just jump in and be on the show, just be like, hey, I'm going to be on this next episode. We'll be like, okay. Yeah, I, I want to be Raul's phone-a-friend. That's what I am. I'm the phone-a-friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, right. I'll be your phone-a-friend on LOTC, the, homie. There actually is one extreme horror that I haven't seen that I've wanted to for a while, and it's just tough to find. It's called Bone Sickness, and i got to find that one. That one's uh, somewhere online. Uh, I've thought I, I've heard about it before. Anyways, I hope uh, that I didn't bore the listeners too much. Uh, if you are entertained or somewhat at least intrigued about what I had to say, uh, you can check me out on Land of the Creeps with Greg Amortis, the beautiful Pearl, and uh, the also beautiful Dave, the uh, Doctor Shock Becker, who's going to be on with you next. Uh, we've just started re-recording with Nathan Bartlebaugh, my partner on Phantom Galaxy. So there should be some of that coming out. Uh, we had a bit of a hiatus, but we will be coming back. And I also do a five to 10 minute segment on the revamped horror movie podcast where I talk about terrors of Tubi. Check that out. If you ever want to friend me, I'm on fr- uh, Facebook. If you want to talk about obscure horror films or any film in general. I'm a cinephile, not just a horrorophile. So there's there's my Raul. I'm creating a lexicon. Horrorophile. 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 
horror horror i love it so anybody everybody this was fun it was an absolute blast go out and don't be afraid and if my rule of thumb is if i can get 20 minutes into a film i have to finish watching it (laughs) see you hear that ashley you hear that ashley (laughs) (laughs) ashley i love giving you shit Uh, okay, so oh, hold on, I was making a note here. Anthony, uh, throw out your plugs and anything else you'd like to say. Yeah, I just want to say thanks so much for having me on. This has been a, a blast, an honor to be on, not only to be on, but on like September Extreme Month, which is like, I feel like the upper echelon. And yeah, and, and Bill too, I've been hearing you for so many years and listening to all of you. And to be on here uh, talking to you, is, it's, uh, it's a great pleasure. It's, uh, I, I, sometimes I'm just like watching you listening and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, as far as like plugs, um, I'm on Facebook pretty much just in the in the horror community family, uh, just throwing stuff out there every now and again. I'm Anthony Raguchi. And I also make art and you, I can be found under that name, Johnny Paintbox on Instagram. And not on Twitter or anything, but mostly Instagram. And yeah. And, and Anthony, your skills as a shot taker are are above the world. That's right. Oh you can God. also hear me calling into Land of the Creeps and, um, <laughs> and sometimes throwing back a shot or two, you know. And, and we just made note, we recorded our, our Scream episode. And 1989 is nine shots. I know. it's Well, it's ten. Oh, I guess it's yes because you gotta. Oh I, 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 hey, I put myself on uh, through this, <laughs> but you, in 1980 is the first one, and uh, that's true. Yeah, you're down to 10, and let's hope you don't bench yourself because by that second call, boy, oh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm benched either way by the end of the night. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone that can take 10 shots in three minutes, so yeah, you're gonna get benched <laughs> at some point. I'm gonna try if I could get it to two, that'll be a feat, but. One. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy, man. Thank you. Oh. I don't know how you do it. I don't. Mm, yeah, no. The, the tolerance, you know, practice. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. This is this is this has been great. Yeah, I, I've loved having you on. Uh, been wanting to have you on for a while, homie. And, you know, same same invitation to you is to Bill. Anytime you want to be on, talk some horror with us. If you want to ever recommend anything, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll fit it in. We'll make it work. All righty. Sounds good. Uh, Ashley, throw out, uh, throw out your plugs for the uh, end of this episode. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Barely Ashley. That's where I'm hanging out mostly. Fantastic. And PlayStation, right? Yeah, you can have me on PlayStation if you want to play Fortnite. With me. I saw that sniper kill you posted on, on X. I thought that was that was a good kill. I was fucking excited about that kill. Because I had been chasing that dude. And then he thought he got away from me and he didn't. I got him right in the fucking head. That was a good that was a sweet kill. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I always feel good about kills like that. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, 
Oh, this isn't the right page. Hold on. Okay. As far as other links go, you can follow the podcast on X at, uh, at in two monsters. That's in the number two monsters. You can follow me personally at Raul versus monsters. You can follow me on letterbox at into underscore monsters. Uh, visit our website. It gets updated once a month at headlongandmonsters.godaddysites.com. And if you want to contact us via email, uh, like Anthony did by sending us his glorious dick pic, um, you can send that into headlongandmonsters at gmail.com. And that's going to be it for this episode. Ashley, what are we doing for the next one? Um, so I'm just going to say that we're going to be doing our first Halloween coverage episode. And it's... The topic is movies that make us feel Halloweenish. Does that make sense? Anyway, uh, so we're covering Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, I picked Chud 2, and we're going to have special guest Tombs back, and he picked Dead Silence. Fantastic. Raul, you didn't choose Hubie's Halloween? Okay, I love that movie because that flask or that that whatever the hell it is is called, the thermos, is more versatile than Batman's freaking utility belt. Like that thing, I don't know where all that fits in there. Also, that T-shirt that says Boner Donor, love it. Uh, I just figured you'd go for something wacky. No, the wacky one on that episode. Yeah, the episode's gonna get wacky either way, but uh, I mean, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, I mean, that was my number one film of '88, so can't complain. So, listeners, be sure to tune in for that next episode as we once again dive headlong into monsters. Bye. Bye bye.